Good evening, Internet. And uh, welcome to episode four of Acme Podcast Inc. Uh, I'm your host, Laser J, and with me is Kaiju Emperor. Say hi, Kai. Hi, I'm your loyal and lovable co-host. I have insulted him, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, no, uh, no, we're rolling through it. No, no, I know. I wanted it. I wanted it. Good. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll let you introduce yourself from here on out, bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hi, hi, everybody. It's Kai. What's up? jeez. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we get into our weeks, uh, here's a preview of uh, what we'll be talking about this week. Give me a beat, Enid. Extraterrestrial, emphasis on extra. My skin is blue because I come from Planet Extra. Yo, huh. on the peaks in the snow, he's a spooky mofo. Oh, Everything's oh. gonna loony because the mountain's hmm. haunted by Yoshitsune. Oh, it's gotta, gotta be the ghost. If you step to this, you're gonna get creamed. If you out of line, you're gonna get laser beams. Arms ripped, afro goofy, ears tipped. You goofy. Lifting and pumping and crushing the weights. Don't be surprised when I thrash you. Moving his head and sat in the crates. And you had nothing but trash, dude. You looking foolish. You ain't the real me. I am the true red. I know you feel me. He's fat. He's fly. He's tall as a sky. I always grabs his rocks when the bitches walk by. Yo, he's a nice cold sucker. Killed a thousand mighty men. Yeah. He is red, please. Ain't nobody ever want to mess with me. I said he is red, please. I ain't got time for no identity thief. He's so fast coming up on your ass, gonna knock you in the air, cause he's jumping everywhere in your face. Oh, cool. Alright, here goes nothing. Well, I'm Radicles, and I'm here to say, I learned a lot about myself today. I'm a yoga guy with a yoga mat. Don't believe it, ask the kids I babysat. Sharks and bees ain't where it's at. I'd rather snuggle up with a kitty cat. I like to burp and I like to toot, but deeper inside, I'm really cute. And the dude's so handsome, all the bitches want to pants him. There's no need to bust a tumor, cause it's nothing but a rumor. Word. Wash your hands, wash your hands. It's a good idea to wash your hands. Lather them up with a little bit of soap. Wash your hands, don't be a dope. Okay, hey, that was something, huh? Yeah, it sure was something. You, your promos really are something, honestly. Yeah, I, I love them. I I try. I I have a rule when it comes to mm-hmm. what I do, and it has to be from either an it has to be from an episode that we're talking about this week. Mm-hmm. So for this promo, I haven't made this promo yet. Surprise, I'm not doing them live anymore. I'm Yeah, in media them res. In yeah. Um put it in post. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it in post now, uh for mm. sake of ease. But uh I've picked the sound clip I want to use for Samurai Shampoo, but I haven't picked the one I want to use for uh OKKO yet. Oh, okay. And the thing is I have to, you know, mesh them together. So I'll the, the one for yeah. As our listeners have just heard, 
the one I used for Shampoo was when those uh, three guys start rapping about the ghost of Yoshitsune. Oh, God. And I was really tempted to use Radically's rapping. That's pretty good. But that's not from season two. Oh, but that's good, though. I know, but it's not season two. It oh. has to be from something we watched this oh, time. Oh, come on. All right, fine. Yeah. You're the one who makes the promos. Yeah, I was thinking of trying to find sound clips that match uh, 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 Mugen, Gene, and uh, Fu's reactions. Oh, yeah. But make it uh, Rad, Enid, and KO. Mm -hmm. You know, I just realized something. What? We're talking about KO and and Shampoo, and they're both about trios. Yeah, so is Harry Potter and Star Wars, dude. No, but I mean, it's no. <laughs> I know it's a nice symmetry. Yeah, but that—that's like the heroes. I, okay, all right. Yeah, I—I'm sorry, dude. I wait, hate wait, to tear you down. Wait, like a, that. wait a wait to be Errol Flynn and come sliding down my sails. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck are you ninety? <laughs> what? That's A plus material. Errol Flynn. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a good. That's a good joke. You're oh. laughing, aren't you? Yeah, because I fucking know who Errol Flynn is, but I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I turned into a squeaky toy. Oh. Yeah, anyway. Sunny. We're gonna we're gonna do our weeks, and then we've got our uh, lists of uh, what we're looking forward to in 2020. Mostly animation, but a little bit of video games too. Yeah. Uh, if I knew we when I put my list together, if I'd known we were going outside animation, I probably would have put together my top ten most anticipated action figures of 2020. But no one wants to hear about that, so be glad I didn't. I do, but I don't think anybody else does. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah. Uh, Did you want to go first, or...? Yeah, because you said you have something in your week that ties into your list, so... Yeah, in, in a way, yeah. Go, so, go ahead. So, yeah. Um. Also, I have a short week. Oh, yeah, I do. T- I also have a pretty short one. Okay. But, uh, the, it's short, and also simultaneously it's tied to a very long story, so... Mm. Uh, but anyway so uh what i did this past period of time uh saw star wars uh rise of skywalker yeah (sighs) yeah that's what i heard (laughs) it's not as bad as attack of the clones i mean that's a really low bar I have a really low bar for Star Wars. Yeah, it's, um, you I really walk set that bar low. Yeah. Um. Well, no, it's mostly because I love Star Wars so much, and I'm just so happy anytime I get to go into that universe. Fair. Um. That's fair. Like I, I have like no standards when it comes to like my standard is be don't be Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to get into spoilers too much, but. They really spent a lot of time just trying to make The Last Jedi irrelevant. Uh, not relevant, whatever. I don't care if irrelevant's not a word. 
Irrelevant is a word. Is it? Yeah, irrelevant's a word. Okay, whatever. Also, the English language is constantly evolving. That's true. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, um, yeah, like it's just. <sighs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to say that's that's a. I I don't want to get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Because people probably still haven't seen it, even though by the time this goes up, it'll be mid January. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But I'll say this. Mm-hmm. At the end, not the very end, but towards the end, when the big thing happens, that's really the most polarizing event in the movie. Mm-hmm. I went in the span of 10 seconds from really bummed to ecstatic. Ah, I see. So and I'll tell that, you. Sit on that side of the fence, then. I don't want to go into more specifics, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you off mic later. Okay. I honestly I don't care <laughs> is the thing. I, I okay. Just, okay. Okay. You know what? Star, mainline Star Wars stuff, I don't care. Okay. You know what? Next uh, 30 uh-huh. seconds is spoiled. I, I will put up a marker when spoilers have ended. Okay. Spoilers end at 10 minutes and 37 seconds. So in the span of 10 seconds, mm-hmm. Ray and Kylo kiss, and I'm super bummed. <gasps> super bummed, because fuck that. Oh, I would have thrown up out my mouth. Yeah. But then right after they kiss, Kylo dies, and I was so happy. I... I mean, that doesn't... <laughs> I hate Kylo Ren so I thought, much. God, would have been so much funnier if she killed him. No. That would have been no. hilarious. It would have. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, spoilers are over now. I'll, uh, I'll try to edit in an actual like marker of where and when they end when mm-hmm. I'm editing. Yes. Anyway, yeah, you can do that. I believe. Yeah. You could also put a timestamp, but anyway. Oh, yeah. No, no, I can just, like, cut in. That's fair. With the start and stop location. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, I saw Star Wars. Uh, then I also saw The Mandalorian, which is really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard good things about The um, Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, spoilers, I didn't, outside of what I watched for this episode, I didn't watch anything animated. Okay, I watched one thing animated, so. Other than my keep up, like, my weekly stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, so, I saw episode five of Harley Quinn, four and five of Harley Quinn, and. I need to watch it still. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, I've been keeping up with, and. Steven Universe any, Future. Is Resistance? It, is it any good? Uh, it is. I think it's good. I don't think it's as good as Rebels. Mm. Uh, or the Clone Wars. But it's def- it definitely starts stronger than the Clone Wars started. And it starts stronger than Rebels, Rebels started. Mm-hmm. But Rebels. I think by the time rebels got to its second season it was already stronger than resistances right now 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Clone Wars took a little longer to get there, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I like it. Again, as long as I get to go into the world of Star Wars, I'm pretty much a happy camper. Yeah. Uh, but I like the characters. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, I, I feel like someone who's like real nitpicky could definitely find problems. I mean, yeah. But I'm just happy there's Star Wars. Mm. Uh, saw The Witcher. Really? Yeah. The live action Witcher. Yeah. I oh, was okay. not expecting it to be good because neither I hate, was I. <laughs> I don't like Henry Cavill. Uh, hmm. But when I say I don't like Henry Cavill, I really just mean I don't like him as Superman. I mean, yeah, but you have a you're a very you have a high standard for Superman. Yeah, I have a very specific vision for Superman. Yeah. Um my favorite Superman is still the one from uh Justice League slash Superman the animated series. Yeah. Uh that that's a very good Superman. Anyway. Uh but yeah, uh the live action Witcher series is fantastic. Hmm. I've it, seen clips of it. It does look good. Yeah. Um th- there's some stuff in like fight choreography that I'm not crazy. It's like really well done and really well executed. But there's a lot of like reverse grip on sword stuff that it looks cool, but it, it doesn't actually work good in practicality. So, well, yeah, but like it looks on. cool. I know. Look, I Like cool. I said, it's nitpicky. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's, they do that in Star Wars, too. Star Wars, I can forgive it because it's about like, OK. If you were to drop a ignited lightsaber on someone's bare arm, it would cut it off. Like, yeah. no additional exertion needed. Just the weight of gravity. Uh-huh. A sword wouldn't do that. And so you need... You can't get the proper, like, force and torque to get a good cut with a backhand knife or sword swing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can an overhand one. Sorry, I can't hear you over my chainsaw sword. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm always willing to forgive most things for the rule of cool. I know. I get it. I understand. I know. Those, I know. I, I'm being a, an asshole. I know. No, no. I, I get it. I am. I'm willing, less willing to forgive that sort of thing if it's a more historically accurate thing, though. If it's trying to be like a historical drama, I'm less willing to forgive. Yeah. If it's like a fantasy thing or like martial I, arts, like I don't. I, I could you. not care. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I saw The Mandalorian. I saw The Witcher. Uh, did my usual keep up stuff. Uh, Star Wars. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, Are there any good practical effects in The Witcher? Like, is there like makeup for monsters and stuff, or um, like animatronics? I'm not or... really sure. Oh, okay. Not yet. Oh no no no! Like like there's there's been some stuff that could be, but it could also be CG. But I'm not really sure. Okay. I mean that's that's always a one way to really get me to watch something is as if there's like some cool practical effects in it. Mm. I'll go out of my way to watch something if it's got cool practical effects in it. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think just, it's CG. I think it's CG. I was just curious. Mandalorian has some good practical effects. Oh yeah, no the the baby Yoda puppet looks great. Yeah, there's some other stuff too, but yeah. Um, they wanted to get rid of the puppet, and he was like, "No." Yeah. Stays. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck uh, that. What else? What else was there? Oh, the, there's a new uh, John Mulaney uh, comedy special on uh, Netflix. It, it's that. it's not stand up though. It it's like a a children's special, sort of like a mix between like Mister Rogers and Sesame Street. Huh. But it's very much meant for adults. Oh, okay. While still being family friendly, technically. Okay. Like That's I interesting. I think some of these jokes would go over a lot of kids' heads. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's something there for kids. I think the comedy is for adults. Mm-hmm. But there's some actual stuff there that's for the kids. That's not necessarily jokes. Oh, neat. That's but cool. then there's also jokes that would work for both. It's comedy. It's family-friendly comedy. Which is hard to do. Yeah. And also, like I said, with like I said, with Zombillennium, uh, family friendly is also kind of subjective. So you know, for some friend, some families, it'd be fine. But for others, uh... yeah, yeah. Some people don't think Animaniacs is family friendly. I mean, in some places, it isn't. <laughs> no, no, <sighs> fin- no, no fingerprints. I still say that's uh, family friendly because. Little kids aren't going to get it. Oh yeah, it's no, they they aren't. But like you know, yeah. If that... if it's dirty humor that'll go over a kid's head, it's family friendly. Tell that to the PTA moms, though. Yeah. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us Tell the lesson, us a lesson that we, that should, we learn. should learn. Oh man, I love Animaniacs. Uh, same. Uh, let's see anything else? Uh, oh, um. Just on a whim, I decided to uh, try and play Grand Theft Auto Vice City again. Wow, all right. Yeah, um, I haven't played it since I was like 14. Hmm. Or wait, 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 when did San Andreas come out? Fuck if I know. I've never played a Grand Theft Auto. Oh, okay. So I, I think it came out like 04, 05, mm-hmm. maybe 06, but more likely 04, 05. And that's when I stopped playing Vice City. Because the newer, better one was out. Um, except I really do mean it was newer and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge upgrades. You could swim now. <laughs> uh, huh. Well, I, yeah, that's <laughs> certainly a certainly an upgrade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I was like 13, I got stuck on this one mission and then just Stop trying to play the missions. Hmm. And uh, I got stuck on that mission again (laughs) for about three days. Stupid fucking remote control helicopter. The helicopter to this day, Grand Theft Auto cannot make a good controlling helicopter. They have greatly improved since Vice City, but they still control shittily. 
They're not fun to fly. Oh, man. We got the driving down, but the helicopter is... Yeah. Yeah, it's... They got the boats good. They got the cars good. They got the tanks good. Mm-hmm. They got the planes good. Mm. Not the helicopters. Not uh, not the helicopters. Not the helicopters. Uh, but yeah, it's, I did eventually beat it. Uh, that fucking RC helicopter. And if there's another RC helicopter mission, I'm going to scream. I've got a question. What? It's called Grand Theft Auto when you steal a car. Yeah. What is it called when you steal an airplane? Grand Theft Airplane. Grand Theft. Is it just Grand Theft Airplane? Actually, I think at that point it's called hijacking. Okay. Is 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 is, is stealing a boat called Grand Theft Marine? <laughs> Probably. I don't. The things the the things I think about anyway. Well, I mean. <sighs> I feel like automobile is a general enough term that it could mean anything with an engine that moves. So you're still a jet ski, it's Grand Theft Auto. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. We're not lawyers. We're not, no. <laughs> um, oh, and then I started reading this book called uh, The Steel Crow Saga hmm. by... Uh, Paul Kruger. Oh, yeah. What's it about? Uh, it, it's like. A... I don't want to get into the plot too much because I still mm. am kind of unsure. Oh, okay. Uh, but like it has. Okay. There's a quote on the dust jacket. Ah. Pokemon combined with Avatar the Last Airbender. Clever, stylish, and gloriously fun. Huh. Uh, and that quote is attributed to Fonda Lee, author of Jade City. That, when you said Pokemon, that reminded me of um, Jim Butcher's uh, novel series, The uh, Furies of Calderon. I've heard of that one. It was, he wrote that shit on a dare. Like he was on a Reddit forum, and some random Reddit, like he he said a quote that was like, "You can take any two concepts and combine them together and make them into a story." And then some asshole on Twitter like, "Oh yeah, combine Pokemon and the Roman Empire." Yeah, see, do something with that. And then he made six <laughs> books out of it. Oh god, I gotta check that out now. Yeah, I've only read the first one, Furies of Calderon, but mm-hmm. I did I did like it. I need to okay. read more of them though. All right, I'm definitely going to look that up when I finish this. Yeah, I need to uh, read his, his other series, The uh, Dresden Files, for sure. I have, or had, probably still have, but a uh, graphic novel adaptation of one of his uh, Dresden File books. Mm, okay. It was pretty good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get me to read the novels, but... I mean, yeah. I just uh, yeah. Was, it, was, it just piqued my interest because it was like, oh, this was written out of spite. I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I like more than uh, grand petty gestures. <laughs> and he wrote six of them. Like God. I said, grand petty gestures. This is the most grand petty gesture. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but anyway, basically, uh, so Paul Kruger is, according to the uh, about the author thing, mm-hmm. 
is a Filipino-American author. His first novel was the urban fantasy Last Call at the Nightshade Lounge. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the rest means, but uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, it, it's like uh, there's four nations starting off familiar, I know. Yes. Uh, uh, but but they're, they're, they're not tied to elements, though. Okay. They're more like based on like real world locations hmm. uh that there's the shang who very much feel kind of china like mm-hmm. uh and then there's there's a smaller nation in shang that shang has like dominion over called uh like the jung song or something like that it has a very like People from there have like Korean sounding names. Hmm. I feel like there's a commentary here of some sort. Yeah. But uh yeah, there is. But uh then there's the Tomo Denise, which are very Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh and they were like a big imperial conquering power that like they basically conquered the world at one point. Hmm. Uh and then there's a smaller um can't remember the... hold on i gotta get the dust jacket again okay i just need to see if it says on here no it doesn't say on here uh but the, the one of the nations has like a sort of pacific islander feel to it like the philippines or Okay, or uh, the uh, Maori, or yeah, uh, maybe more Philippines. I I don't know. I, I'm really I'm I'm not good, but it it definitely has sort of that feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the fourth, which are the uh, the Holly, which are I get like Indian mm. feel from them. India, yeah, yeah, India. Uh, okay. Neat. Uh, they have like different types of magic. Uh, the uh, the Islanders and the Shang both have a magic called Shade Pacting, where you join your soul with an animal, and then you can summon that animal. Oh, so a persona or a stand or whatever. <laughs> uh. Or a familiar. A familiar. That that's definitely more because it it's. Personas are like magical beings. Yeah, you. These are mundane animals that you create a bond with. Okay, so familiar. Yeah, and they, when you summon them, they become like fancy, like they're bigger than normal. They have extra features or whatever. They glow. <laughs> Something. Yeah, some way I guess. Yeah, oh, they they glow. Yeah. Um. And then the Toma Denise have uh, metal pact or metal. I think metal pacting. I think that's what it's called. Steel pacting. They control metal. So pharaomancy. Yeah, basically. Uh, so they can like, they have cars that don't need combustion engines because just they move they put, it with the mad metal magic. Yeah, like they put their bare feet on the floor by the driver's seat, and it wills it to go. Neat. Uh, 
It's also kind of mod. It's unclear what era this is really supposed to be. Because when I first started reading it, I thought this is probably like late 1700s, early 1800s. But the further in I get, I've got, oh, so maybe this is more late 1800s, early 1900s. It's unclear. Yeah. Hold on. (laughs) It's its own own thing, clearly. The further, I know, but it's easier as a reader to draw comparisons, you know? Mm -hmm. Based on technology level. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, the further I get into it, the more modern it feels. Hmm. Might be similar to Eberron, where it's still like a magical fantasy place, but there's like a lot of weird magic technology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. Well, Core is very clearly like the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, it is. But it's also like ancient China, but also still not like it's weird. Yeah. Core has Core is it's is one of the best things about Core is its setting. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, I won't get into it much more than that, but yeah, that's that's basically it, it's good. I like it so far. I'll tell you more when I finish it. Hmm, okay. Uh, but that's my week. Okay. Uh, I guess I can get. I'll get into my week. So, uh, like I said, I did watch one animated thing. Okay. And that was uh, I watched the OVA. Uh, and some of the anime series for uh, Pat Labor. Oh, yeah, Pat Labor. That's that's been on my list for a while now. Yeah. Okay. So the thing about Pat Labor is it it's it takes a minute to understand the difference between the OVAs and the movies and the series and the manga. Yeah. Yeah. The OVAs and the movies are their own continuity. Apparently. Interesting. Apparently, uh, and the show is more of an adaptation of the manga, but it the the show doesn't start from the beginning. It just kind of jumps right in the middle of one of the arcs from the manga. Huh. So you have to like, like uh, you have to kind of understand some of the context of the manga, or just read the manga and then watch the anime. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. Mm-hmm. So the OVAs are their own continuity. Yeah, and uh, along with the movies. Along with the movies. I- just talking about the OVAs right now, though. Yes, the OVA. There's does only the, one. Does the OVA start from the beginning? Yes. Okay. So if you've seen the OVA, even though it's its own continuity, yeah, would you understand going into the series? Uh, you would understand, of course, all the basic premise and all the characters and stuff, but it jumps into a specific story arc that there's a lot of context that's missing. Okay. It's like the second half of a of a previous story arc. It's really That's weird. So weird. It's the the Griffin arc, which is about uh, a labor that was made for military purposes, being piloted by this a uh, a young boy who's like a video game expert, and it's sort of like them trying to stop this hyper powered military labor that nobody knows where they came from or who they are. Hmm. And it's in the middle of that. And there's a lot of, like, context that's kind of lost, at least in terms of, like, the anime series. After that, it's sort of, it it's mostly seems to be random stories that are either new or in the manga itself. Hmm. 
Um, but the OVA is very much an origin story of the labor unit to police force. Okay. And how they come together, and it's all, it's mostly just like completely non connected stories, just about like daily, just them doing the thing that they do. And I think it's a good introduction to it as a franchise slash series or whatever. Um, the it has a really nice it's, the OVA specifically has a really nice atmosphere. Like there's a lot of scenes that are just very quiet and soft. That it, it just builds the and it's just a lot of like really nice background and scenery shots and. It has a. It also has sort of a weird homey atmosphere at the same time, and mm. the um, all, pretty much all the characters are likable. They have a like a weird camaraderie sort of thing because they're they're coworkers, but they're like, and it's a weird thing where like some of them seem like friends and some of them don't. It's sort of like they put up, some of them just put up with each other, but they're definitely like they work well together. But it's a workplace comedy. It's a definitely a workplace comedy, but instead of being about an office, it's about a people who pilot robots. Or who stop robot-related crimes. It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There's an entire episode that's just a Godzilla parody. Oh, hell yes. Like, our OG Godzilla. They they do the oxygen destroyer joke. It's okay. kind of great, uh, it, and uh, I love the main female lead, uh, Noe Izumi. Mm-hmm. She is a character that how do I put it. You know how a lot of female characters from that era of anime are very like, you know. They're not. They don't stand out all that much, and when they do, they they stand out a lot. Yeah, it's like you get you get really really good ones or really generic ones. There's no in between. There's you get ones that stand out rarely, mm-hmm. and then I I'm going to use uh, G Gundam girls as a template. Yeah. Other than. The few that stand out, you get Reigns and you get Allenby's. Mm-hmm. Even though I like Allenby, but yeah. I like them both, but yeah. they're, they're, they're the basic one. You know, you get the the mm-hmm. one who's kind of a stickler for rules. Yeah. Then you, you get, get the, the spunky young one. And then you you usually get the demure, like, oh, woo. That girl usually rain kind of falls into that category too a little bit. Yeah, you get the dainty flower character girl most of the time, unless they're the main character in an action anime, and then sometimes it'll be like, oh, she's really cool, but you know, yeah, she has a soft spot. But but and that's fine. I mean, that's not. I'm that I sound like I'm belittling that, but I actually like that way more than. I'm going to say something controversial about anime. Yeah. Did harem anime create new archetypes for female characters in anime? Even if they're shitty archetypes. Even if they're shitty archetypes. I don't know. I think Moe, I think Moe anime in general, though. Really? Because I, I think I think it's earlier than that. Mm-hmm. I think it's Tenchi and Love Hino. Yeah. 
I think you, I think some of these, I think some of those archetypes existed before, but I think they only achieve the form we know them as today through those types of animes. Yeah. I, and of uh, and Ava kind of but Ava's more parodying that. Yeah. And I I don't want I'm not trying to say something good ha- came from Eva or not Eva from Tenchi or, or Love Hina. Love Hina. God, God fuck, forbid. Love Hina sucks. God forbid you say Love Hina's good. <laughs> Fucking suck. I when I was like thir- 13 14 I was obsessed with it, but I was 13 14. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I fucking exactly. hate it now. It's terrible. That author's mm-hmm. not good. The only thing I like about Tenchi Muyo is uh oh god, what's her name? Uh, Ryoko? Yeah, Ryoko. <laughs> She's the only thing I still like about Tenchi Muyo. I, I like um Kione. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, uh also Washu. No Washu. Anyway, my, my original point was that Tenchi's dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I like Tenchi. I, I have genuine affection for Tenchi. That's mostly based in nostalgia. I do like that one cat girl in the in the space arc. Actually, she's cute. Anyway, you mean Ryoki? I can't remember. It's been too long. It's literally the rabbit cat taking on a human form. No, no, that was a different. She might have been a dog girl. Actually, now I'm thinking yeah. about it. Whatever. Sorry. Anyway, uh, back to uh, Pat Labor. Yeah, Pat Labor. Uh, Noah Izumi is. She is. How do I put it? She's pump. She's spunky, peppy, and like really cheerful and happy all the time. But my favorite thing about her is that she is a huge nerd for robots. Uh-huh. Like she loves robots. Like that's that's the reason she wanted to be in the labor force was because she was like, oh, I get to have my own robot. And she like polishes the robot every day, and is always making sure that it's like that he's that the robot's well maintained. She gives the robot a name. Like so, she's all of us. Yes, she's all of us. She names him Alphonse. That's good. And and she's just like really quirky and weird. She's also like apparently. This is more in the extended material in the in the movies. You see more. She's a bit of an otaku, and she has like a weird sense of fashion. Hmm. And I'm like, I kind of am in love with this character. And the other female character, I, there's I, like I, three. I just want to interrupt real quick. Go ahead. I mean, I interrupted you. Yeah, we've interrupted. We interrupt each other all the time. No, that's I've fine. interrupted you twice, though. I mean, uh, I interrupted you more than that. But go ahead. Whatever. Do you think Alphonse in Full Metal Alchemist was named Alphonse because, because he's a giant of, metal suit? Because of, of the robot and Pat Labor? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me. No. Considering Pat Labor is really old. It's from like the 80s, right? Yeah, it's from like the mid 80s, something like that. And FMA is like what, late 90s? No, FMA is like. 2000? I mean, 2000? I, I mean or, original Japanese release. Oh yeah, like know. 1999. Yeah. Like really late. Like, just right on the cusp. Gotcha. Okay. Still yeah. 90s, though. Yeah, still 90s. Uh, yeah. But okay. and, and all three of the prominent female characters are actually really well-written and interesting. 
the one of them is the uh he's essentially the captain of the the fir- like the, the ones we follow the captain of the, the are the second unit and the, there's also a first unit and she's the captain of the first unit okay and she's kind of this like she just looks like she's tired all the time relatable she's tired she looks like she's tired all the time but she just she gets shit done that's like, my this, type this- there's not much to her, but like she had, but I like her. And then the other character, she shows up a few episodes later. She's a, uh, she's Hawaiian actually. Okay. She was born, she's half Japanese, half America, but she was raised in Hawaii. So she speaks English and Japanese. Okay. And I think a perfect example of her, like what her character is, it encapsulates her character perfectly is one of the main, the, the main male protagonist. Uh, who's sort of like Noah's um you know like every robot pilot has like a second essentially mm-hmm. like a a support person mm-hmm. uh and he's Noah's and he go he visits the other lady's house and he as soon as she opens the door he's like this is a stick up and he pulls out a flower and she and like in the same motion that he's pulling out the flower she pulls out a gun on him and then she's like, oh, this is nice. And she takes the flower and smells it. And she's like, you can come in. She puts the gun away. <laughs> and that's her character. And that's a, and also, or when she first arrives and everybody's like, woo, she speaks English. How hot. And then she just tells everybody to shut up. <laughs> that's her character. I can dig it. And the... Like I said, there's a lot of like really nice background and scenery shots in this anime. The animation is good, but not as good as I would expect from something like an OVA. You know what mm, I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know how OVA is just like, oh, the budget is everywhere. Yeah. This is definitely more like, oh, this feels like a slightly below that, but like not in a bad way. You know? Yeah. Like it's very much a character-driven thing. Hmm. There's, there's a lot. It's a, there's a lot. Less, I don't know how about the manga or the movies, but the OVA is definitely more about the characters than it is about the robots and the the crime <laughs> and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking forward to watching the movies because the movies are gorgeous looking. I've the seen movies. clips from that. Yeah, the movie, seen, yeah. The movies are just oh, they look so pretty. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Gunsmith Cats? No. I think it came out around the same period of time, mm-hmm. but it, it's not—it's not the same. But I, the the two are always linked in my head. Yeah. Because I used to see the uh, the manga for both of them in Borders Books when I was like in the fifth grade. Mm. And the ones that... no, go ahead. Sorry. Uh you remember what the manga section in a in a big bookstore looked like in like Back the year 2000, 2001? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I it, it was mostly Dragon Ball mm-hmm. and Ranma Half and Inuyasha. Yep. And then you'd have a few scattered Weirdos. other ones. And you wouldn't always have volume one of those. So I always mm-hmm. wanted to read Pat Labor and Gunsmith Cats. Mm-hmm. But they never had volumes one for them. Yeah, I got you. So it, it was just one of the things I always missed out on. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I did eventually watch Gunsmith Cats, though, and that has some real nice animation in it. Mm-hmm. But it's really just gun porn. I mean, fair. Yeah. The it, the, the the one that I always think of when I think of Pat Labor, is, you know how, like you said, there's no length. Is I think of Appleseed. Yeah, that too. I remember seeing. Uh, I, that was a little later. That was when we started getting like anime magazines, like An America and Otaku USA. Mm-hmm. And I used to see like adverts for Appleseed and Pat Labor in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Appleseed and Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell was big. I still need to watch the original Ghost in the Shell. I've seen Standalone Complex, but I've never seen the original. Standalone Complex is the original. No, 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 no there's the movie. The movie. Yeah, what are you I talking forgot. about? I'm sorry, I forgot. The movie, then Standalone Complex. My bad. Yeah, the movie and the and the Bato movie and Standalone, then Standalone Complex and all the other movies. Yeah, geez. I never really got into Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, no, I I understand. Uh, the next thing is YouTube related. No. There's a uh, there's this channel uh, that I've been watching for a couple years now. Uh, their name is they're called Loading Ready Run. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of uh, Canadian comedians uh, and YouTube content creators. They are they're all a lot of fun. They do a lot of variety things. Like they do stream. They obviously do video game streams, but they also do like streams for like tabletop games and like they do a lot of Magic the Gathering content. And they also do like. A, a live show that's sort of like a variety show, sort of similar to like the those old live shows where they have like we have do panels and we do like weird question things and weird random segments. Like we're gonna go to this parade for this really small town and make a bunch of snide comments about like this really small town's parade and we're oh, gonna so do... the, they're they're assholes. No, they're not assholes at all. Making snide comments about a small town's parade. It's more of like a their own so their own small towns parade. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh or they did like we're gonna do the Olympics, but all but not like we they they did one part of it was like now the, the, we're gonna do this long stretch or this sprint where the objective is to is to run from this end to the other and then drink and then chug some milk and then make it to the other side without throwing up. <laughs> Stuff like that. And okay. they've made an active effort to be incredibly inclusive and like not and be very understanding of people. Okay. And like they are like it's like when it, they they get a lot of mail, it's like it's so nice to be in a community where I'm accepted as a trans person or a non binary person or whatever, and then it just like thank you, we we act we actively try. These <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we know it's hard out there. To find people who are, so we try and make an effort. Okay, but anyway, uh, the what I was getting, I'm just want I really like them, and I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, because they have a lot of stuff. You're probably gonna find at least one thing that they've done, like a series or thing that you might like, just out of you know, or a person that's on the crew that you might like. They've also done some Dungeons and Dragons stuff, like some short campaign things called Dice Friends, mm. which are fun. Uh, mostly like completely unconnected short things, and they don't just do D and D; they do like other RPGs and stuff. But anyway, okay. recently they did this series called Road Quest, 
which was four about six of the crew traveling from Victoria, Canada, all the way to the Yukon on a road trip. And it's just like this the misadventure. It's like a lot like uh, Top Gear in that way. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like if you like these people, it's like it and it's just sort of like them just going on these random misadventures like through eleven episodes, uh eleven ish episodes going from one part of Canada to another. It it's a less degenerate version of the Jersey Shore. Yes. And they uh, are genuinely charming and nice as people. Like I said, they do make an effort to be inclusive, which is very much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, and the Rogue and Rogue Quest is shot really well, just like from a uh, what's the word from a technical standpoint. Like it just looks nice and is edited really well. There's a lot of really nice landscape shots because Canada is such a beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, they are. They recently posted episode eleven, and there's going to be one last episode. That's going to be the end of the whole miniseries thing, and I've really been enjoying it, honestly. But uh, and the last thing, okay, story time. <sighs> so, do you do you know anything about Orphan? No, jack shit. Okay, so. Back in, oh, I want to say 2004, 2005, I was over at, oh, I want to say it was a, a second cousin or or some, some, one of my other family members. And they were, and I think it was one of my cousins, I don't see a lot, playing this game called Orphan Scion of Sorcery for the PS2. And I was like, wow, that game seems really cool. And they're like, yeah, I played it a bunch. It's it's all right, I guess. And then I'm like, oh, man, this looks, looks really neat. And they're like, do you you want to borrow it? And I'm like, cool. By the way, side note, that they never got that back. <laughs> Just as a sidebar to that story. But And I took it, and I ended up playing it a lot. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot. <laughs> And yeah, knowing jack shit about the original source material, the light novels, or the anime, or whatever, and just playing the game. Mm-hmm. The game is really weird, and and because the new anime is coming out, I was like, like the the memory of all of it, just like, you know, like I had like a I, PTSD flashback. Yup, it all just rushes back to you, and yeah. And a wave, and it's like, oh, that thing. About every six months, I have that with something. I won't yeah. get into it. Yeah, but the uh, oh, fuck. And I, I, rem- and I was, I ended up. I'm, st- I'm watching a playthrough of it right now. Just to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched all of it, and it's just everything is slowly all just like, oh yeah, that thing. I remember that, and other things like that. The the essentially the. The game has nothing to do with the the anime or the light novels or anything. It's like its own thing, mm-hmm. but it has the characters. Interesting. Like they they're on this. They get stranded on this island that has like weird time shit going on, and 
basically at the beginning you're on a boat and you choose you essentially like choose one of these three characters and there's three different like playthroughs of the game and like they're all different depending on which of the characters you've chosen to go along with on the island and once mm-hmm. you've beaten one of the storylines you are sent right back to that beginning part and choose it and you can choose another person and the idea is that you do go through all three and then you get the true ending uh-huh. And, like, some characters will play multiple roles. Like, these, this one old lady is the villain in one story, but then she's the grandmother of another character in a different story. It's really weird. Hmm. Like, and it's purposeful. Like, it's, like, it's clear that something really weird is happening in this place, but nobody really acknowledges it because of time shenanigans. Except for Orphan. Hmm. Uh, and uh, the combat is really it has this really weird combat system where like each of your you uh, the each of the each of the four face buttons are assigned to a different thing. Like one fa- like the the three three of the face buttons are assigned to a spell, and then the X is assigned to like a shield, like a guard. Mm. And it's like a it's like it has a um a pseudo real time thing where like. You 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 can't move. You're like in a stationary position, except for very specific fights. Uh, and like the enemies have a pattern, and they move, and you have to like time your spells and your shields and f- learn their patterns. And also, certain bosses are like almost like puzzles, and certain spell layouts work better for those specific bosses. And learning their pattern is how you beat them. Uh-oh. It's really weird and interesting. It, it, I'm having a hard time visualizing it as you speak. Yeah, as, it's, as you talk it's about hard it. to explain. Yeah, um, you'd have to see it. I, I'll probably look it up and I'll get. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it next week with you, or sometime during the week. I'll doesn't yeah, have to yeah. be on mic, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just really weird and interesting and like. The the thing is, I don't remember if it's good. <laughs> mm, but you liked it. But I liked it at the time, and I don't know if I would like it now, or if it's still, or if I have any love. If I played it again, I would not have any love for it. I that's don't how. That's how I feel about Pac Man World Two. I loved Pac Man World Two. I never owned it, but. My neighbor's grandson, who stayed with them fairly often, so I became friends with him. He had it, and every time I'd go over to play with him, I was, "Can we play Pac-Man World 2? Sometimes you'd be like, "Yeah, sure," but most times, like, "No, no, no, check out this thing I got." Oh man, I just I, I was obsessed with Pac-Man World 2. I only played like four times. I never got far in it, but I was obsessed with it. Yeah, I feel you. It was one of the first games I ever got for PS2, actually, along with, like, Jack and Daxter. Oh, God, this was PS1. Oh, you're thinking of the original Pac-Man world, then. I'm pretty sure... Maybe I am thinking of the original. Yeah, because Pac-Man World 2 was on PlayStation 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, the original Pac-Man world was on PlayStation 1, though. Yeah, then it must have been Pac-Man World 1. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, 
orphan. Is yeah. that it? Uh, yeah. There's. Uh, I will say this much: it's so weird to see a game from a a game from two thousand and three have so much voice acting in it. That is pretty uncommon. Yeah. Like, a lot of cutscenes have voice acting in them, and like every single spell the orphan casts, he'll shout the name of the spell with voice acting. Hmm. And there's like, I want to say almost twenty ish spells in the whole game. So he recorded twenty, like him saying twenty different spells, and also like in addition to like all the voice acting that it, the work that he did hmm. for the actual cutscenes. It was more common in Western games mm -hmm. than Japanese games. Yeah. Which, which I know for a fact because, you know, I mostly played Western games around that time outside of like Jet Set Radio Future. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that that's one of the things that really kept me from getting into uh, Japanese game like JRPGs. At first, not just the turn base, but also like, why is there no voice acting? Because mm. I'm coming from like Vice City and GTA 3, mm -hmm. which came out, I think, around 2003, 2002. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, you know, like you bump into a person on the street and they say something. Yeah. There's a lot of incidental stuff, there's all the radio stuff. Mm -hmm. There's the cutscenes that are like framed like a movie. Yeah, uh, the voice acting and all that. So it, it it's yeah, but uh, yeah, it was rare for a Japanese game to get voice acting. Then one last thing about Orphan is mm -hmm. that the one the things that are because he would shout the spell every time you cast it. That means that all every single sound bite of the those spells are like burned into my being, <laughs> like the exact intonation of him saying it. The bite of lightning, hand of pyro, just that doing that over and over again for like a thirty plus hour RPG, and each every spell has that. It, they they will burn into your mind. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but for me, it's mostly like uh, things like enemies will yell out. Oh yeah, I feel you. Uh, uh, like the game I've played more than anything is Fable. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like my favorite video game of all time. Hmm. And I can still like just, if I don't if like the room is quiet and I'm silent I can hear like in the back of my head the sprites. Mm -hmm. Like when I say sprite I don't mean like little pixel men I mean like pixies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were called sprites in Fable. Uh, and they had like this like high-pitched sort of like little girl giggling thing. Listen, listen. Yeah, but more malicious. Oh. Because the sprites were enemies. Oh, okay. So they were evil fae. Got it. Yeah. They, they were... 
they were annoying. Uh, they were annoying because, mm-hmm. well, when I used to play through, now I play through smarter, but they're almost impossible to hit melee. You have to hit them with range. So if you haven't been putting anything into ranged, it's a nightmare. Mm, got it. Yeah. Uh, but I can hear them. I can hear, I can hear them. A certain spells because they were the spells I used a lot or they were the spells you started off with. Whichever. Yeah. Because the it's like you don't get new spell like you get like a new spell every time you beat a boss, essentially. Yeah. I also anyway. hear uh Hero, your will's getting low. <laughs> Consider drinking a will potion. You can't title my potions, Traveler. <laughs> my potions are too strong for you. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so uh is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean I'll I'll probably like I'll talk briefly more about it when we go into the, the stuff because the orphan okay. anime well, co- the new orphan anime coming out was kind of the spark. I was gonna tease that. Sorry. Uh that's cut fine. That. Cut that. Cut no, this. no, no, no. It's all staying in. <laughs> I'm not creating more work for myself. Cool, cool, cool. Uh I'm trying to I'm trying to streamline it as it <laughs> streamline the process as much as I can. Yeah, no, I understand. Um Anyway, uh, so we're going to take a quick break. Yep. Uh, when we come back, well, stick around because I know you're going to take this. Now, back to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, while we're still marginally on the topic of Orphan, uh, Kai, why don't you get into your list of things you're looking forward to in 2020? Okay, so uh, what again, what sparked this whole, like, the PTSD of Orphan's Land of Sorcery was I saw the trailer for uh, Source the new Orphan anime, which clearly is... Uh, more based on which is more the adaptation of the original light novels uh sorceress stabber orphan which is uh supposed to be coming out soon and it honestly i nor here's the thing if i had no experience with the game i probably wouldn't have given this a second glance but because of my experience with the game i'm like okay i'm genuinely curious to find out what the actual source material is you know what i mean yeah yeah uh some other stuff that I'm looking. There's another anime that looks really cool. It's called Dra- uh, Drifting Dragons. It it's like a CG show, and it looks like it's like about airships and hunting down dragons for food. I think I saw a still for yeah. that. It look it's very Monster Hunter esque. It did give me Monster Hunter vibes. Yeah, it gives me Monster Hunter slash. Uh, God, I don't know if anybody's gonna remember this show, Dragon Hunters. It's, it that sounds game. familiar. Yeah, it was. It was about two guys who hunted dragons on a bunch of floating islands. Very similar. It was a French <sighs> and it was a French Canadian thing. 
the opening was by the cure for some reasoning some reason I, uh, what was it on cartoon network uh yeah it was for a time I, I think it's like fusing together in my head with uh two other things that i know are no three other things that i know are unrelated mm-hmm. uh, first uh the mystic knights of tirnano for some reason <laughs> my brain's going there <laughs> fire fire inside me <laughs> earth beneath me <laughs> sky above me Knights of Tear, no, no. Yeah, I remember wanting to get into the, forget that. Uh, that. that, uh, do you remember Stormhawks? I do remember Stormhawks. I, I keep thinking of Stormhawks when, when you were talking about that series. I mean, that's fair. And then, that's also a Canadian thing, so. Yeah. By the way, fucking loved Stormhawks. I actually went and back and watched it. It's not bad. Well, that goes on the list. Okay. And then the other one is... Uh, do you remember the last Jack game they made? Jack, the Sky Island one, the pirate one. Lost Frontier, one. I think. Lost is Frontier, really that, ter- that terrible piece of trash, yeah. On the PSP. Oh, God. Oh, it physically hurts Exclusive me. Exclusive to the PSP. Oh, God. Oh. oh. That's okay. what it makes me think of. Because it also has that, like, floating island vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is only for me. But the third he- Fate uh, Heaven's Feel movie is coming out. Uh. For those of us, this is a quick thing. Fate Stay, the original Fate Stay Night had like three different like routes because it was a visual novel. And UFO Dibble, who've been doing Fate for a while, they did Zero and stuff. They're, they did one of the routes as a series. And this is the third route, Heaven's Feel, and they're doing, they did it as three movies. Uh, and the third movie is coming out next year or this year, I guess. It's, we're, we're recording this the day of New Year's. It's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve as we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and the other Fate movie that's coming out is the first of the of two uh, camp, like, based off of the Camelot Singularity and FGO. The current anime is actually based off another one of the FGO Singularities. But it's really weird because Camelot and the story, at least continuity-wise, comes first. So I don't know why the Camelot thing is coming out second. Really weird. I don't yeah. know, dude. I don't know. Anyway, uh, hey, do you want to slam? Then welcome to the jam. Come on, it's slam. slam. And welcome, welcome to, to, the, to the, jam. the jam. Come on, slam. slam. Space Jam slam. Two is slam coming. Jam, up. thank you, ma'am. Get on the floor and jam. God, I unironically love Space Jam so much. I like the song more than I like the movie. I love the movie. It's so dumb. I did directly reference the movie recently, though. I've I've gone full circle on that movie. When I was younger, I I loved it. And then I was as a teenager, I was like, Space Jam is so fucking stupid. And now as an adult, my God, Space Jam is so stupid. I love it. (laughs) 
I love how absolutely insane and dumb it is. Yeah, it's it's real. The only re- okay, the only reason I'm less excited for Space Jam Two, mm-hmm. I have like no frame of reference for Kobe Bryant. I mean, yeah, you know, Mike's gonna be there. Is he? He's gonna make a guest appearance. He has to. He really doesn't. He does, though. It'd be great if I really don't expect them to. I want him to, though. If he doesn't, Bill Murray to. I hope for Bill Murray, and I hope for Wayne Knight. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, yeah. Uh, and crossing over into stuff we're both looking forward to. The Owl House. Ten days, baby. At the, as, oh. of, as of this recording. Ten oh. days. God, I'm, I have been looking forward to the Owl House ever since I saw the promo. Same. Since, the like, visuals. Since Dana Terrace announced wherever she announced it, or Disney announced it, or whatever. I don't know. I, I can't remember what it was. It's mm-hmm. been like two years. It's been two years. And I've been waiting. Yeah. They announced it impatiently. Yeah, it it was announced alongside Amphibia. Uh, Uh, It was probably announced at the Disney Big City Greens. Yeah, it it, no, it yeah, it was D twenty three. Yeah, D twenty three. Yeah, it was announced alongside Amphibia and Big City Greens. Yeah, Uh, along with a couple of other smaller. Disney cartoons that we're looking on, like 101 Dalmatian Street and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was the one I was like, this looks amazing. And then the trailer came out, very, like a new trailer came out very recently, and I could not be more excited. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to... I what <sighs> Should we wait until it's over to talk about it? This first season? Because... <sighs> Like, I mean, we're going to walk. God. Uh. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. I'm not waiting for it to end to watch it. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. Weekly up. Do we do weekly? Like, Owl House time. We're talking about Owl House now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is our JoJo. And then do a wrap up. Yeah. After it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. For sure. Uh. Owl House up. Anything with Wendy Malick, genuinely. And another cartoon, Cleopatra in Space. Yeah, uh, I was telling you when we were going over our lists before we recorded, I actually met the author of the comic this is based on. Yeah. uh, Three or four years ago. Uh, Just happened to go to the comic shop I used to live near. Well, I haven't moved, but the comic shop has gone out of business. But Oh, support yeah. your local comic book chores. <sighs> they were over ambitious. Got it. Uh, towards the end, I saw them downsizing and downsizing the size of their shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were just very ambitious at first and they couldn't maintain it. Mm-hmm. Uh Still, one of the best comic shops I've ever been to. The guys who ran it were some of my favorite people. It it was just always a fun, nice place to go. But yeah, anyway, uh, the author of the comic, Mike Mayhack. 
Uh, he he lives somewhere in central or southern Florida. Uh, so he, he does a lot of the Florida cons and, uh, I met him. I have the first two volumes of the comic autographed by him and I have some signed art prints hanging on my wall from him too. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, you might know him. Uh, have you ever seen those, uh, Batgirl and Supergirl comics that you used to see on like Tumblr or Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh, cool. Uh, have you ever... Sorry, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I only found out that this was a thing like a week ago and I just saw the thoughts. I'm like, oh, this looks cute. I like this. I like how this looks. I want to watch this. Yeah. Um, it was a webcomic originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he switched over. I think he still posted it online, but he switched over to print at some point. Oh, okay. and really pushed print comic like he would release volumes, not issues. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he was really pushing the print stuff for time. And then he announced this earlier this year, earlier in 2019, to be more specific, because this is a post in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think it's out overseas already. Hmm. But it's not available in the U.S. yet. Cool. Uh, and uh, we talked about this, but Fingers crossed, Animaniacs is back, question mark? New Animaniacs, maybe? They've been talking about it for a year or two now. Yeah. And they've always been talking about it in the year after they've been starting to talk about it. Yeah. But I am hopeful. It's going to be a Hulu series. Uh, which, honestly, I think is the best location for it. Hmm. Other than maybe Netflix. Yeah, and... Hulu is second best. Yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. 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 But Hulu has its strengths. I, I I do. I use Hulu just about as much as I use Netflix. Honestly, it, it's just that like because of there are too many of them now. There only needed to be one, two. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or three, maybe. Of these types of services, and then now we're suffering from the same problem TV suffered. Yeah, there's a problem with there only being one or two, in that we'd be dealing with a monopoly. Oh yeah, totally. I we need at least three. Yeah, maybe four. Yeah, but not this. There, there needs to be competition, but not every television network ha- or movie studio having its own streaming or service. Dub studio. Yeah. Funimation. Funimation. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Funimation. You know what? I won't begrudge Funimation. Uh Uh-huh. Because Crunchyroll needs competition. You know what? That's fair. There's really only... Okay. Hulu and Netflix both have anime on them. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if we're doing anime-only stuff, there needs to be some competition. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just it's it's good, but also it's good for the consumer, but also not good for the consumer at the same yeah. time. If Anaplex is Anaplex still around? Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, no. Uh, yeah, they're doing fate. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, if they're Anaplex, doing they're, they're doing the, the FGO, at least the, the current FGO anime. OK, 
if they had their own streaming service, it'd be a yeah, it'd be something. It'd be something. But anyway, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, Dragon's Lair is finally coming out. Yeah, you're just stealing from my list now. Oh yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. But that's a uh, crossover. Like we both were excited for that. You said you didn't even know it was coming out this you year. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. No, it's fine. I'm I'm just pulling your chain. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing yeah. I have to talk about is I'm excited for the new Guilty Gear and I'm excited for RE3. But anyway. I'm excited for Guilty Gear even though I never put any effort into fighting games. Yeah, but it looks cool. It really does. Can you smell the game? I know the smell of the game. Yeah. Bullshit blazing. Bullshit blazing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that joke is for nobody. Yeah. All right. Let me just amend my list to remove some things that have already been discussed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Well, uh, my list. Uh, I talked about the games I'm looking forward to last week, but I'll, I'll get to that at the end. Uh, there's a animated series. I don't know too much about it, but it's by J.G. Quintel, the showrunner for a regular show, mm-hmm. called Close Enough. It's a Slice of Life series. It was originally meant for TBS, but uh, it was going to air in an animation block alongside uh, a a cartoon called The Cops that starred Louis C.K. And then Louis C.K. had his sexual uh, harassment or assault charges. (sighs) And TBS killed the block. God. Yeah. Uh, So fuck Louis C.K. for so many reasons. This keeps happening. Yeah, it's unsurprising. Hmm. Uh... But anyway, it's coming to HBO Max, which is, I think, their streaming service or something. I don't know. I thought HBO Go was their streaming service. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I don't know either. This is what we just talked about this. Yeah. Uh, Many many things. But but yeah, it's a slice of life. It's about uh, a couple and their child and their two divorced friends who live with them in a duplex. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for this. It looks like really hilarious. Yeah, it, it it looks really fucking good. Uh, I didn't give regular show enough of a chance when it was on. We should watch regular show. We should. I watched it for a long time, but then it got to this one season. I can't remember. Do you remember the cloud guy? Uh, I remember Mordecai having a girlfriend who was a cloud. Maybe I'm thinking there, there's one season that started up where they introduced a new guy who worked at the park. He was a goat. A goat. That's what he was. Yeah. 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 Somewhere like very early in that season, I just sort of fell off. I was mm. just like, I, I didn't feel it anymore. Yeah. But then I read the uh, the comic book line that sort of wrapped everything up. Yeah. And I sort of. I'm feeling regular show again. 
Yeah, we should check out regular show. I've been meaning Definitely. to finally like watch it as a because it does have continuity in it. So it's like you know, yeah, it, which is rare for a slice of life comedy series in the West. Yeah, and I've been really meaning to go finally watch it as a as a whole. You know, yeah, I did enjoy, every every time I watched, it, I did enjoy it. Yeah, it it's genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. I suggest we do um because that ran for a long time. It did a couple of seasons. No, I mean, I think it's we, like we do seven couple, or eight. We, no, I mean, we do a couple of seasons at a time. Oh, I was going to say we just like pull, we look up like not the top 10, top 15. I was going to say like we pull like the top three from each season. Mm. And also like the lowest three from each season. I don't know. We'll, t- we'll talk about it. Yeah. But I, I, I just think there's too much. To I mean, do full season gonna, dives, we're gonna have to eventually get to that sort of thing, just due to the nature of the show. Yeah, like we're gonna like look at something like it. We're, we're Adventure Time, or things that need to be talked about and deserve to be talked about in that capacity. You know? Yeah, I I really kind of wanted to avoid long form animation, mm-hmm. like long running series. For the most part, I really wanted to focus on like things that only had one or two seasons. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to eventually talk about longer things. But I want to figure out a good way to truncate it. Oh, yeah. No, I understand. It's it's a lot. I get it. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, this Close Enough by J.G. Quintel uh, on HBO Max. That looks good. I'm excited for that. Also, I hear fireworks going off. I also uh, hear fireworks going off. I'm sorry if my microphone picks those up. I'm also sorry if my microphone picks those up. But we both live in the South. We do. And I live in rural suburbia. I so. live in Florida, which is, as we know, a PVP zone. So anything I in, goes. I live in Texas. <laughs> yeah. I feel like parts of Texas are PvP zones and other parts aren't. The moth of the fucking desert is a PvP zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking Austin, Texas is a PvP zone. Is it? I thought that'd be a little more civilized. <laughs> nah, Big Tex needs to eat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> now you see. I could have sworn. I'm pretty uh, sure that's where, I'm pretty sure that's oh. where Big Texas. Anyway. Mm, th- oh, what? What's? I'm thinking of a specific town that I've never heard anyone say anything good about in Texas. Oh. oh. It's like I think it's like an hour outside of Austin. Oh, okay, we're going on pause. I have we're, to we're, we're, we're we're losing. We're losing. Nope, I have to look it up. Okay, I'm sorry. It's fine. Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah, Cor- Corpus Christi sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you could have helped me out there. I reminded me. What- I didn't know what you were talking about. Cause a I, piece I, of shit city in Texas. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Okay, yeah, Corpus Christi is the one I was thinking of. Texas is a big place, my guy. Yeah, fair enough. 
Texas is huge. I know it is. I'm sorry. Whatever. So yeah. Um, oh fuck. Corpus I feel like Corpus Christi is a high level PvP zone. Oh yeah, it is. Oh fuck yeah, Corpus Christi. <laughs> But Corpus Christi is constantly being bombarded by hurricanes. Oh, that's not fair then. It's not. <laughs> that's not fair. It's I, not fair. I only have one personal interaction with Corpus Christi. Yeah. I ordered uh, action figures from a comic shop there. Mm-hmm. And when they arrived, the whole package smelled horrible and was <sighs> covered in like this horrible like dirt. <sighs> Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, we have to. Yeah. Sorry. Back uh, on track. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about fireworks. Uh, yeah. But I live in a PvP zone. So. Yeah, we both live in a PvP zone anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. After Close Enough, there's uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which will be on probably Disney, Disney XD. Pl- Disney Plus, Disney XD. Disney Plus? Oh, I thought it was Disney XD. I don't. Either or. It might be on both. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it'll eventually be on Disney Plus if it's on Disney XD. Yeah. Uh, signed up for Disney Plus this week, by the way. Yeah, to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't you didn't want to watch the movie one, two, three original? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Moon Girl, Double Dinosaur. I read the first few issues of that recent run from like 2016, I think. Yeah. Uh, and if it's based on that, I'm looking forward to it because she's basically like a Venture Brothers character, but genuine. Yeah. She is. A, she's. I mean, the whole concept is very like Silver Age and wacky. Yeah. She. She's okay. I can't remember if she claims to be the second smartest person in the world or the smartest person in the world. I think she claims to be the second smartest because it's After Reed. Yeah, Reed is canonically the smartest. Yeah. Even though he's a huge asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Reed Richard constantly fucks up. Really, really smart mentally, like with numbers and, and figuring problems out mm-hmm. has no emotional intelligence. Hey, remember that time that Reed Richards was discovered an alternate dimension? They were like, yeah, don't send anything in there. It could have really rad repercussions. And he was like, yeah, I won't. And then sent a probe in to the alternate dimension. Yep. And there were bacteria on the probe, which caused a super virus to kill almost every person in that dimension. Yep. Fucking Reed Richards, everybody. Ben Grimm's good, though. Well, yeah, of course he is. Ben Grimm's real good. Anyway, here's the thing. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur looks good. Uh, I didn't keep up with that comic, but I kept up with it long enough to see her interact with uh, her nemesis is this uh Cree guy. Hmm. I think he goes by like Marvel Boy or something like that. Hmm. Uh weird. And then there's uh 
Miss Marvel shows up at one point. Uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Yeah, right? we've yeah. we've had that conversation. Yeah, I hate uh, everything about that sentence. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it, it it. I'm hopeful because I liked what I read from that comic run. Uh, then yeah, uh, that's it for TV stuff. Uh, other than stuff Kai already talked about, mm-hmm. but uh, movie wise. Uh, from Disney, there's both Onward, which it's like next month or the month after or something like that. I don't have high expectations for it. Like I expect it to be perfectly serviceable, serviceable Disney stuff, which I usually enjoy. I'm easily entertained. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't have like expectations uh then there's also uh raya and the last dragon which i know nothing about i read like a two sentence plot synopsis that i don't even remember but i thought this could be good Mm -hmm. or it could be terrible or it could be terrible uh because it based on the font of the logo and a couple other things. It feels like they're going to be playing around with like a fantasy version of Asian stuff. Ah. But it's not our world. It's like an alternate Earth. Yeah. So there's no China or Japan, but there's cultures that, for the sake of creating a culture in a f- piece of fiction based on those cultures. You mean like every fantasy thing ever? Yeah. Yeah. But it it's... I feel like it's easier for a Western animation studio to get away with that when it's European. Oh yeah. Uh, totally. Fantasy than yeah. Asian or I'd say even like Eastern Slavic mm-hmm. or Middle Eastern or African. Definitely. African. Anything that's not, not Europe, Europe. Europe, not Europe or North America. <laughs> Yeah. And only certain parts of North America. <laughs> Nothing pre-Columbian. <laughs> Nothing pre-Columbian. God forbid. Yeah. God um, forbid we talk about the Native Americans. Yeah, well, I well, mean we, we did did if, we got when we got Pocahontas, so and Brother Bear. Brother Bear has good stuff in it. I know. It's possible for people to do it right. Mm-hmm. But it's unlikely. It is. Unless they get someone from those cultures to be heavily involved in the writing. Yeah. And direction. Yeah. And production. Yeah. But. And they usually don't. Yeah. Because it's Disney. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Onward and Ryan and the Last Dragon look like they're probably going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scoob. Yeah, Scoob. I'm excited. It the trailer made me laugh out loud. Yeah, the bit about Daphne's dad is kind of was kind of funny at the end. Actually, uh, you know, not even that. I mean, that yes, but you know, there's other stuff in the trailer that made me laugh. That it looks like they're going more the. Uh, Sort of tongue-in-cheek, pup named Scooby-Doo, Mystery Inc. 
which I'm all for because I love a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, same. Those are my two favorite Scooby-Doo's. Yep. Uh, though often the 13 ghosts and mystery ink battle for that position. Mm-hmm. I think miss no, no, not. I think mystery ink is the better written of the two. Mm-hmm. It's the better done of the two. Yeah. Just objectively, just, just objectively. I just have a lot of affection for 13 ghosts. Yeah. I have a lot of affection for certain Scooby-Doo things that might not actually be that good either. Yeah. Anyway. Most of Scooby-Doo isn't that good, honestly. The original? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The original Scooby-Doo is... It holds up in some places, but mostly it doesn't. It it gets the job done. It gets the job done. Yeah. It was done on a shoestring budget. It's about as good as any episode of the Flintstones. Yeah. Which is oh, far yeah, more scathing than it sounds. Yeah, I like the Flintstones. I do too, but it's still bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do uh, a whole episode about Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yeah. Probably a couple. Yeah. But we'll space them out. We're not going to shove them all together. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so after that, uh, Digimon, The Last Evolution, uh, Kizuna. Yeah. I, okay. I know. I only I know. saw, I know. I know you know, but our listeners don't. It's true. They don't. Try happened. I only saw the first iteration of Try. I didn't see the other, what, two or three? Yeah, three. There were yeah, four the of three. them. I didn't see the other three. I want to. I'm going to eventually. Uh, even though I know there's shit. I know. But when you told me how shit they were, I was really willing to write off this one and not have it on the list. But then you told me the uh, season two kids are on it. Damn it. Yeah. They, they just dragged me back in there because season two was my shit. I was seven weeks from retirement and they keep pulling me back in. Pulled me back in. Pulled me back in on the game. For, for those, just for context for anyone out there who do, doesn't know, I am a really big Digimon fan. Both of us are. I, yeah. There's no doubt you're the bigger of the two of us, but that doesn't mean <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm no. not a big Digimon fan. Yeah, Digimon is, is one of those ones that's like, that's up there as one of my favorite things. Yeah. But anyway. So, so these those four movies hurt a lot. <laughs> the way I look at it, at least they didn't ruin Tamers. I'll give them a couple years. No, they, no, there might be a Tamers anniversary thing that they can ruin. <sighs> I spoke too soon. Do you never know? Yeah. No, I don't think Tamers will pull as much nostalgia as the original two. You say that. I mean, it's objectively the best season. But. I mean, like, okay. Butterfly and Biggest Dreamer have the same amount of views on YouTube. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Like around, they both have several million views. So, I'm just Mm. saying. Okay. 
People remember Tamers. Okay. Uh, other than that, uh, I think I think Bojack Horseman. The rest of the season is supposed to go up later in January. I'm looking forward to that. I still have not watched it. I don't think you'll like it. Mm. Um, I think it's worth checking out, but I really don't think it's what you'd like. I only I won't know until I watch it. Suppose. Yeah. Uh. Watch season one, and you know, give it the full season, not yeah. the first three episodes. No, I I understand. I yeah. One of those. Uh, we won't. I I don't want to do that show for this show. I don't either. Yeah. I might talk um, about it during my week at some point. Yeah, I still think you should watch it though. Oh yeah, I, no. Yeah. I've been interested, um, so it's you know. Yeah, when they do something, the, the animation is not like very fancy. There's a couple parts where it looks a little rotoscoped, mm-hmm. so it looks a little nicer. But generally, if they do something interesting with the animation, it's more they're playing with colors. Yeah. Uh, but it it's generally a slice of life. It it falls into that Simpsons, and uh. You know what? I, I put it more with Futurama, you know, because mm. it, it's not really action, but it, there's a, it's like a an interesting element to it, but it's still sort of a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's good. But yeah, I think later in January, the rest of the most recent season is supposed to drop. Uh, should be getting another She-Ra this year, but that'll probably be at the tail end. Mm-hmm. I think I saw something about Dragon Prince getting a couple more episodes in February, but I'm not 100% on that. I thought the season was over. Yeah, that season was over, but I think they're doing like a sec- another season real soon. Yeah, Netflix seasons are weird. Yeah. But I'm not really sure. Uh, so whenever Dragon Prince and She-Ra, Princess of Power, come back, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, other than that, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, games. Uh, I think I talked about this last week, but I'm not sure, but uh, there's, a one, yeah, there's that One Punch Man game. Uh, yeah. Abnormality... Abnormality... I don't know, whatever. The one Punch Man game. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Cyberpunk 2077 Session. It's a skateboard video game. Tales of Arise. And then... I really don't believe it's coming out this year, but Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, I don't think it... I, it might come out, but I don't know. They gave it a, an act... I think an actual window at the Game Awards. I think they said, like, summer 2020 or something wow. like that. Or they gave it, like, a month in the summer. I can't remember. Okay, I mean... Uh, I don't know if I'm excited about that anymore because the first trailer really gave it like that uh, Kurosawa Kuros- thank you the Kurosawa vibe where it's going to be like really like like samurai duels like Mifune type stuff mm-hmm, but the sec 
Yeah, Yojimbo, Seven Samurai, Lone Wolf and Cub, that stuff, etc. The second one gives it a lot more of a ninja feel. Tenchu. Not quite Tenchu. Still old, still old martial arts movie, mm-hmm. but more ninja-y. It could just be both. Yeah, I'm hoping it's like alternate paths you can take. Oh. Like you could do it the stealthy way, or you could do it the uh, all-out way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it'll probably play more like one of the uh, in oh, what's it called? Is it Invincible? Infamous. Infamous. Thank you. It, it'll probably play more like one of the Infamous games, which were good. I liked them. I only played the first one. I played the first two, and I started the third, Second Son, uh, but I never finished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's 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 my list. Okay. All right, we're going to take one more short break, uh, really, just so I can have some ease of work and cutting during editing, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get into Samurai Shampoo. Yeah. So stick around. Now we're back on to our show. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna get to summer shampoo now. Uh, what shampoo? Like all, all the eye catches and shit. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna say, it really took me a long time to get into this. Oh no, I, I wholeheartedly agree that Shampoo doesn't get really good until like, I want to say eight, nine episodes in. See, it took more. longer. It took longer than that for me to really like want to continue watching it. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. The, the second half is much better than the first half. Yeah. I I understand why, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really wanted to establish the characters yes. more than the plot. I think that I think that's kind of the the pro the quid pro quo of the entire series, honestly. Like, yeah. It doesn't give a damn about the plot until the very end. Yeah. You and know? okay, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the same guy. Who did uh, Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, and right? Space Dandy. Yeah, okay. Space Dandy, maybe because it was a comedy, I was I enjoyed from the start. It it took itself less seriously. Mm-hmm. Then I feel Samurai Samurai Champloo has still felt like tried to be serious at times, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a large part of why I was never able to super get into it because I've never made it past the first episode of Cowboy Bebop either. Well, we'll have to get to that at some point, won't we? You want to do it next week? <laughs> Maybe not next week. Cowboy Bebop is... It's Cowboy Bebop, man. You, you want to give it more... Uh, yeah. Pomp Wait. and circumstance? Okay. It's, it's it's Cowboy Bebop. Okay, okay. It's important. You see, I I have, like... I It's just one of those things I always know about. Like, even my friends who don't like anime like it. Exactly. It's It's... It's one of those things. You know? Yeah. I just could never get into it. I've, 
I've watched that first episode five times and never at the end of it have I said to myself, let's watch episode two. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to at some point. And that's the relationship I had with Samurai Champloo as well. And I never put together that it was the same guy until much recent, very recently. Mm -hmm. So I just think I don't like his storytelling. Mm. Uh, I feel like he needs to do... Okay. I like slow shows and movies. I'm fine with a meandering pace. Look at my podcast. Look at this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have a meandering pace. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. I just think he needs to do a little more at the front end to make you want to actually get through the slowness to see where it ends. I guess. I don't. It's it's something that I I don't feel at all. But I I I I don't feel that at all. But I do agree specific shampoo specifically maybe not bebop but shampoo specifically it suffers from like yeah its first half is a lot weaker than its second half yeah um but okay i i want to talk about more the broad strokes and sort of like the themes of this show and sort of like it's the big things about it, and then I think we can talk about, like, specific episodes, because this is a very episodic show. Okay, can I just get my one other nitpick Oh yeah, go out ahead. of the way first? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and I'm jumping to the last, like, three episodes with this oh, nitpick. The finale, yeah. The finale, yeah. I feel like Mugen's fight at the end with those three guys, uh-huh. it felt really random. I thought it was cool. It, Especially with don't the get me wrong. Scythe. Don't get me wrong. It was really cool. But it just... I feel like they had concept for fighters, fighting styles, like characters they wanted Mugen to fight, and then they fought to shoehorn them in. Hmm. I don't feel that at all. Because... If they had done something a little bit more in that Mukuro episode... Uh-huh. To set up those three? Oh, that I agree with. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like they came out of nowhere, is what I'm saying. Like oh, that 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 specific thing I do agree. Yeah. If they had made them also government assassins, I mean that would have made more sense. But it's no, never they're clear. Not. They are, but it's never clear. No, they're not. Hmm. They never once say they're government assassins, and uh, that that one guy that Gene fights mm-hmm. doesn't really interact them. with them at all. Acknowledge them. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. They're just there because they hate Mugen, which in and of itself is kind of a cool idea that like this whole other thing is happening at the same time. Yeah, no, no, no. no but I, I feel I, like I, you need to do something to establish before the last three episodes. No, I. That I agree with for sure. Yeah. I totally um, agree with that part. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for this because I, I feel like a lot of people really like Shampoo. I don't feel like 
Not as much as people like Bebop, but yeah. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Shampoo. Yeah. Which is kind of why I wanted to get my two nitpicks out there. That's fine. I mean, I agree. Bebop, Bebop is way less flawed than Shampoo is. But okay. And I and I agree that Shampoo, while I like Shampoo, it does have its problems. Yeah. So I didn't think I would have as much to say as I do about Shampoo as I do. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a couple of themes that are strung throughout this whole show that keep coming up. Okay. One of them is the idea of changing times and adapting to changing times. Like the Edo era is the 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 age of samurai is over. Yeah, it's the Edo era now, and so many people are like, you can't be a samurai swinging your sword around anymore and serving a lord. It's like a very passe antique idea. Yeah, and there's so many times where that comes up. Like uh, the 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 episodes Hellhounds for Hire, the uh that the guard who works for the Yakuza boss, like he realizes that times are changing and I need to evolve and adapt. So I follow this guy who's changing with the times too. Mm. And both Mugen and Jean kind of stand in opposition to that idea in different ways. Mugen just dislike structure in its in its entirety yeah he's an anarchist he's an anarchist and gene is a he's a he's a hopeless romantic that's an interesting take like, on in, him in the in the classical sense like he has a like he has this like whole like i i really want to live by the samurai code thing okay yeah i i see what you're saying okay and he's also like very like gentlemanly and reserved, you know. Yeah, I I would have I would have chosen a different term. I'm not sure what term I would have chosen, but I would have chosen a different one. But mm-hmm. I do see what you're saying. Yeah, they both again? They both and it's all, but they also and and it also is sort of establishes that like while Mugen and Jean are both complete and total opposites they do agree on some things yeah which is established in the first episode yeah it's like they, they the guy tries to execute them and amugan's like yeah shove it up your ass and gene's like yeah what he said <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 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 i i yeah i like their di- i like their dynamic yes um Go on, go on. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, I just wanted to know if you had anyone to say anything about that because I had other themes. Uh, it really was. I I agree with what you're saying. I I really don't have anything to add. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was just if yeah. you did have anything I wanted to know. No. Uh, another theme that I noticed was the. It sort of ties into this, is and that's that like. Both Mugen and Jean are there's a and and Fu are all three characters who are lost mm. in some way. They yeah. all they're directionless. And all three of them kind of find each other in that directionlessness. 
And there's that sort of found family thing, which I think we talked about off podcast that I noticed. Yeah, there, there's dev- it took me a little longer to see the found family aspect than it did you. Uh, but yeah, they definitely become a found family. Yeah, even Mugen in his own way. Yeah, he he's like a surly little brother. Yeah, that's the dynamic that they give vibes off of. They feel like siblings. Yeah. Like, for sure. Especially Gene and Mugen are, like, the two brothers that can barely stay in each other, and Fu is, like, the younger sister. Really? I see it differently. Mm-hmm. I see Gene as being... Actually, no. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Fu would be the youngest. Yeah, because they're the older brothers trying to protect her. Oh, I didn't even see it in that respect. Mm-hmm. I just saw it in the respect of... Uh, you know what they say about middle children, how they're always like vying for attention? Yeah. <laughs> that's very much Mugen. Yeah, and also, like canonically, that's how the age works, too. Yeah. Gene is the oldest, and Mugen is the second oldest, and then Fu is the youngest. Oh. Okay. Gene is 20. And Mugen is 19. Okay. Fu's what? 17? She's like 15. Okay. Yeah. 15. Uh, around that age. So <laughs> it, that's how it, the, the dynamic kind of works in that way. Even yeah. though Mugen is the most immature. Yeah. Well, that's how it often is with siblings. Yeah. And uh, okay. I, this might be me pulling shit out of my with this one i might be grabbing it i might be seeing something that isn't there on this one but Mm -hmm. i felt there was something really poignant in the very i think it's the very last episode where foo is waking it's not the second to last where foo is waking up and she's having that dream about the die she's seeing the dying sunflowers and you hear the voice of the uh i forget his name the the assassin the samurai from i know who exactly you're talking about and he says how can you be chasing a man who smells of sunflowers when sunflowers have no scent? Yeah. That, and I felt like that, there was a point to that. That, I think, and I think it's sort of the crux of Shampoo as a whole. In that, it's not, the destination doesn't matter. Yeah. It was, it was always about the journey. Well, they really start talking about it a lot in not just the last episode, but the last, not, I mean, I'm sorry. They start talking about it not just in the last, like, arc, the, the finale, the last three episodes, but in, like, a couple episodes before that as well, especially during with, uh, the episodes with Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how Fu doesn't even really care about the destination anymore. She just doesn't want to say goodbye to Mugen and Jin. Yeah, because she's actually come become attached to them. Yeah, and and she's found the family she was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl hunting down her father found her family without finding her father. Uh, that that that's, I think, the crux of what we're getting at in yeah, this no, point agree. of the conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it. It, it's and you're chasing a thing that 
kind of didn't really exist and it didn't matter. It was ephemeral. It was ethereal. Sunflower doesn't have a scent. And it's like from the beginning, it establishes, oh, yeah, no, the destination never mattered. Yep. Like from the start, it never mattered. That also puts in context the nature of this series where it's very few plot episodes and it's more diatribes and stories involving these characters. Yeah, it's more about the characters than it is about the story. Yeah, I think... I think it's... Okay, no. On surface, it's about the characters and not the plot. But I think on the whole, it's a commentary on... uh, narrative in general Mm. where it doesn't really matter where the story starts and ends it's about the meat in the middle yeah and it it really and i i honestly agree with that sorry i disagree oh really i think the beginning and the end are what makes the meat in the middle matter Mm. because it's the payoff It's it's a it's something that I don't think is a catch-all rule. Like, yeah, I think there are okay. there is some there is something to be said for the fact that maybe the beginning wasn't that strong, or maybe the ending wasn't that strong, but it was a fun ride. There's something to be said about that. Let me put it this way: in something in an anthology, mm-hmm. like a work of short stories, or short form animation that's co- like coalesced into uh, under a single banner i don't think it's as important hmm. but a serial by nature is about point a to point b mm-hmm. you know what no point a to point z mm-hmm. and then for b through y you can do whatever but I feel ultimately it ha- the things that happen in B through Y have to make Z matter. Mm-hmm. And I think this... Okay, I like filler episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't like when there's like 200 filler episodes. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy occasional filler episodes. But I think that's what a lot a lot of people's complaints with filler episodes come from they they don't serve a narrative point. I also I'm I am of the very strong opinion that like they don't always have to like okay let's take Dragon Ball for example. Dragon Ball has a lot of filler, right? Yeah. One of the best filler episodes in the whole show has literally the driving to, the driving episode yeah, has no, nothing to do with anything. Don't get me wrong. I like I love that episode. I also really like the one where Gohan fights Tao Pai Pai. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I really like those. But they're rare. Oh yeah, no, I they are it's it's just because there's they make so many that you know, it, yeah. There, there needs to be less of them. I agree. They, they found a point in the series where they could put filler because there was seven days. There was a place for it. Yeah, 
And so they gave us a couple, you know, filler episodes. It works there. But so much of Sham... You could cut Samurai Shampoo down to the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. The episode with the Dutchman. Mm -hmm. uh, the Sarah episodes. Mm -hmm. And the last three. And have a coherent series. Yeah, but then you'd miss out on some of the other episodes that are really good. I know. But I... <sighs> I just want them to matter to the plot a little more. Is the plot in a okay? Yeah. In a serious anime, this series, you know, it has fun, but it's overall an action drama more than an action comedy. Depends on the episode, but yeah. Overall, the series I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I okay. Yeah. The baseball episode is clearly a comedy, and the episode where they all get high. <laughs> The episode where they all get high is a comedy, and the Ninja, uh, the Ninja Girl episode. The, that was one of my favorites, by the way. The graffiti uh, episode. That's the one I was trying to remember the word graffiti. It was escaping my tongue. God, I love that episode. That's a good episode. Um, I just throw a bone here or there. Is all I'm saying. You wanted and, more. You wanted more breadcrumbs. Yeah. Well, okay. I, no, that, it's that, not that, only. I, no, I can agree with that. No, no, that that's not what I'm saying though. That that's where I ended up. That's not what I was trying to say. Okay. I got distracted by my own short attention span. What I was trying to say is, in a series that is, for the most part, an action drama. I prefer a serial format over an episodic format. Mm -hmm. I prefer the events of one episode to matter to the next. Mm -hmm. To the next, to the next, to the next, until we reach a conclusion. And it's fine if there's one or two fillers in there just to draw out time or to do some character building. But I think the character building and filler outweighs the plot. In Samurai Shampoo, and that's on purpose. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm, no, yeah, it's on purpose. Clearly, I am not. This isn't a quality judgment. This, yes. this isn't me saying Samurai Shampoo is bad. You can isolate that if you want. I don't know why you'd bother. <laughs> uh. But that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that's why I didn't really enjoy it that much. Mm. Yeah, it's it's your own personal, like... You know. Now, if every episode was like the baseball, the graffiti, the... The, 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 the ninja girl, the, the getting high episode, and the entire series was, let's just see what sort of wacky situations we could put these three in, mm. it'd be my favorite. Mm -hmm. But they gave us the inkling of a plot. Mm. And then they do next to nothing with it. And that's where I I here's the thing. I I get what you're saying, and it's just one of those things where it's where it's one of those things where we just We're gonna disagree. We're gonna disagree. I am of a very strong opinion that 
stuff like those episodes in a con like a more serious thing add to it in the in the sense that like how do i put this the drama becomes much more palpable when you've had time to actually care and spend time with these characters that is all i'm saying i don't disagree but i feel there's ways to do that in a way that serves the plot better mhm there's ways to insert comedy and levity into dramatic moments, into dramatic episodes without killing the drama. Yeah. I can't do it. But I've seen it. I can't think of any examples. <laughs> but I know it's possible. No, no, I I know exactly what you mean. And it's 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 definitely one of those po- points that we just kind of like slightly disagree on yeah it's this is why i wanted you on this podcast because i knew we would have differing opinions Mm -hmm. i mean what's the point if we just agree on everything exactly um uh, back to like the found family thing yeah specifically it and gene is clearly the one that actually shows the most affection for Fu, even though it's yes. in his own weird way. He's, he's it, very, it, he's reserved. Yeah, he definitely shows more visible care for her, even though he's more stoic. Yeah, and it isn't until that very, that, honestly, that scene at the end on the cliff when he, Fu was about to die, and Gene said his whole thing about, I've never had anything to ever fight for in my life until now. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a genuinely sweet and good moment. Oh, for the record, we watched the dub just because oh, yeah, that's we what we had available. Uh, by the way, if you haven't watched Shamplu, every single episode is on Funimation's YouTube if you want to go watch the dub. Yeah. The dub the is dub's, good. The dub is pretty good. There's certain points where I don't like it. Mm-hmm. For the most part, though, it's good. Yeah, for the most part, it's good. It's just when they rap <laughs> i mean you know uh, it's, yeah i get it. It, it if you got people who could actually rap it'd be one thing but mm-hmm. these it's funimation's general stable yeah 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 and he has he has another, has another line when him and mugen mugen does his one of his only shows of how he shows affection is at the end when him and Gene wake up and it's like, you know, every time I see a guy who's stronger than me, I want to kill him and it never stop until I try and kill him, but kind of don't want to kill you. <laughs> and, and Gene ab- admits that he's finally found the thing he was searching for, which is like, I finally found my first friends. Yeah. And it's, it's really that whole, like it, it's the full combination of the found family, found friend thing. And all three of them, and that's sort of like why I think they separate. Most people are like, why do they separate at the end? Well, it's because it's, they aren't, even though they're apart, they're not alone anymore. Yeah. And that's the point. It'd be nice if they could stay together, though, because having the physical thing is nice. Yeah, no, it would be. But I do like the, I do like that idea that even though they're apart, 
they're never truly alone anymore because they found people that care about them. Yeah. But I, I do agree. I, I do agree. It would have been nice if they stood together, but at the same time, I get the point that it's trying to make. I understand thematically why they did it. And I like the thematic reason, but it it's still not the, a, the feels. Yeah. <laughs> the feels though. I also wish they did something more with the, uh, the ninja girl. Yeah. I wish she had showed up at the, in the epilogue or something yeah like, like like mugen is like oh hey it's that girl and then they just they saw each other and there was we didn't get any more than that but i wish that you know she was there she ends the episode by saying that's the band she's gonna marry yeah i just I, feel like there's something there's a comedy there there is hey look a naked woman boom <laughs> my favorite delivery uh. in this whole show is when mugen jumps down the fucking elevator in the middle of those yakuka, those fucking counterfeiters, he just goes, what's up? <laughs> like, so fucking casual. Uh, the the Mugen, who is that? Yuri, that's not, uh, Steve Loom? Yeah. Who else did he do? I, I, don't, I don't... Spike Spiegel in oh. Cowboy Bebop. Makes sense now, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, he did really good I don't. There's a reason I don't watch a lot of anime, mm-hmm. and I know I've told you this, but I don't think I've told the listeners this. Oh, you set your thing with subs and dubs. It's more than that, though, because like, okay, the issue is there's like ten people who do anime dubs in America. Yeah, I don't really like any of their voices. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about it that just takes me out, and it's not like I could do a better job. I, I this isn't me like being high in my. I just something about their voices that takes me out of it because I've heard them do like ten other characters. I mean, yeah, but can you say the same thing for cartoons? Sometimes, uh thing with most cartoons though is that they're comedies and I have a harder time not a harder time I have an easier time dealing with it when it's a comedy like everyone in okay I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use some western stuff mm-hmm as example gargoyles yeah everyone does a real like never at any point do i listen to uh do i listen to goliath and just think that's keith david he does a really good job of transforming his voice Hmm. through character through acting you know like it acting he drops his personal like mannerisms and it's all goliath Mm -hmm. so it doesn't pull me out of it but they always get Steve Bloom to play the same types of characters. They always get uh, Yuri Lowenthal to play the same types of characters, and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And Yuri Lowenthal does a better job of masking his voice than some of the others. I, th- I think he's a better actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just, when it's a serious thing, and I can recognize the voice, it's a harder thing for me to give up than when it's a comedy, because you know, I watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I'm not like, it's Abbott and Costello, whatever, who cares? Those are just two guys. It, 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 
I, I don't know. It's stupid. I know, but it's yeah. It's I don't like. I'm trying, but like you don't have to. Yeah, don't cry. I, it's my own stupid nitpicks, and I think I've gotten. Point I'm trying to get at is I think I've gotten over it getting mm. through shampoo because even though like going through it the entire time I was just like I've heard these people do other stuff. I I'm pretty sure I heard them voice other characters in the show. Yeah, Richard Epcar is in this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um and one I, other guy. Who who voices Foo? Um because I think she does the best job. Uh let's look that up real quick. I should probably have the, the cast up now I think about it. Uh pause for dramatic effect. Samurai Shampoo cast. By the way, can you hear someone laughing in the background at all? Not really, no. Okay, that's fine then. I'll just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> my my sibling is in the other room. Yeah. I'll just make sure you couldn't hear them. Uh, let's see. Cast Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom is Mugen. Okay. Obviously, and Kirk Thornton is Gene. Okay. And Carrie Walgren is Fu. Carrie Walgren. Okay, I know that name. Let's see what else has she done. I, I know she that was in uh Rick and Morty apparently. Yeah. And oh, she was fucking uh how to how to cuff and fully coolie. I never yeah. watched fully coolie. Oh, fully coolie so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's gonna be in Cleopatra in space. Oh, cool. She's in Big City Greens. She is in uh, Fallen Order, apparently. Oh, let's see. Probably Carmen background is... voices. Oh, she's in. Uh, she's the the. Uh, what's her name? What's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the news lady in Ducktales. Roxanne oh, okay. Fe- Roxanne Featherly. Yeah, she's really good. She's also an OKKO. Okay Who's she? That's where I recognize the she's name. Shanna. Yeah. Wow, there's more connections than we thought. Yeah. Well, the voice acting pool in America is pretty small. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of them. There's a lot of voice actors, but the same few get work. <laughs> yeah. She's also in the Baker Six show. And yeah. Also, sure. look at OKKO's okay voice cast and. They're almost all people that voice things that like Ian Jones Quarterly or other people on the show would have been fans of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially Jim Cummings and yep. uh, Ashley Birch. and Yeah. The original voice for KO was the, the lady who did both uh, Dragon Ball Goku and Young Gohan, right? Uh, yeah, I think like so. Like, in the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then um, yeah. Mr. Quarterly is Radicles and Randall. That's... I don't think I have much more to say about the broad strokes of Shampoo, so I think I want to... You want to get into episodes? My favorite episodes. I know what your favorite episode is. Uh, the baseball. 
Yeah, the base, uh, baseball one is really good. I, I said that, but thinking back on it, I think the Sarah episodes are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, fuck. What are the lost lullabies? I think that's what that those jet two parters called. I think so. Lullabies of the okay. lost. Have you watched the sub version? I've never watched the sub. I've only ever watched the okay. dub of Champlain. Do you know if her name is Sarah in that as well, or? I think it is, but it's it's like S A R A Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Sarah. Okay. So they're just saying it the like the American way. Your Western. I was gonna say Western. Yeah, Western. Yeah, Western yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think those are probably my favorite. I feel like those do the most for the plot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. The the the, the finale does. Yeah, really. the finale really does. And um, but I uh, you go ahead. Okay. I think the Sarah ep- the Sarah episodes did the most to keep me interested in the plot. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. It is sort of like the middle part of the show. Yeah. Um, but uh other than those, yeah, the uh the Ninja Girl and the baseball episodes were probably my favorite. I really like uh Misguided Miscreants, the one about Mugen and his past. <clears throat> yes, those were really good too. That scene where he's he after uh uh fucking what's his name uh Mukuro Mok Mukuro betrays him again, and he's in yeah. the ocean, and you see all you finally got to see all the flashbacks and him inside basically in the world of death and that music that plays and everything about it is so so good. Those are really, really good episodes, yeah. I think this is like an overarching thing. Shamplu has won A-plus fight choreography and two A-plus, like, its aesthetic is A-plus. Like, what it's going for. It's um anachronistic, but it's really good. Yeah, it's hip-hop meets samurai film. Yeah, it it just works. It's kind of what uh, the Wu Tang Clan tries to do with uh, kung fu movies. Tries. Big emphasis on tries. Don't don't be shit on Wu Tang. Anyway, uh, but yeah, those two, and I do love the Sarah episodes. I love any. This is just my. One of my favorite cliches in martial arts things is the blind badass warrior. Yeah. Like the that your Zadoichis or whatever. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's good. And I do love I do love the baseball episode. And the uh, the finale is amazing, honestly. Finale is very good. I also like the War of Words, the graffiti episode. Graf- yeah, yeah. These are the episodes that are most fresh in our minds because second half, I- yeah. Yeah. Uh and uh I honestly don't remember most of the first half. I do remember Hellhounds for Hire, which is one of the ones I mentioned, which is the uh the two Yakuza. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah, yeah. I did like that one. The two that two parter. And I also yeah. liked um, I don't know if I like cosmic collisions or not. It's fucking weird. The zombie one? 
Oh yeah. It's no. clearly it's clearly supposed to be like a a weird Lovecraft reference. Yeah. I didn't like that one. It, it was weird. I don't know how to feel about it. I'll be honest, I got so distracted during that episode just because it wasn't holding me. Uh-huh. It's fucking weird. That's all I'll say. Yeah. It... But, yeah. And... Oh, also, we... Fucking Battle Cry and Shiki no Uta are top-notch openings and endings. Yeah. Fucking... The whole soundtrack is fantastic. Oh, yeah, no, the OST is top there's not a bad track in the samurai shampoo ost no it's all it's all real good yeah nujabas and i forget the other guy's name the uh the other the rapper that also worked on that uh soundtrack but anyway, i don't know yeah but anyway it if you haven't watched shampoo go watch shampoo yeah uh even though i i spent a long large period of time complaining about it it's definitely worth the watch Mm-hmm. It's. I'm glad that you hadn't seen it before because you your 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 opinion well, isn't colored. Yeah, I I like I said I'd seen the first episode a couple times because I've tried to get into it before and I think there was a manga adaptation. I'm pretty sure, and I think I tried to read it, and mm-hmm. that also didn't grab me. Yeah. Um. There'll be it'll be very interesting getting your thing on cowboy bebop because you could be you could not be fresher on cowboy bebop i i think i've seen more than one episode on that i i remember it as bouncing off the first episode multiple times but i might have gone a little farther in yeah but i mean you know it's like you have no you don't have the connection or the the you haven't put it on a pedestal like a lot of people have yeah the only thing okay i've seen clips of like the really good fight scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um mainly from the movie. Yeah, I think a lot of the ones I've seen are from the movie. But yeah, uh the movie's good. Yeah. I think when we do Bebop whenever we do do it, mm-hmm. we'll do that with the movie included. Yeah, for sure. The movie is worth talking about. Yeah. It's also um, one of those shows that lends itself to movies because it's so episodic. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think we have uh, anything more to say about Shampoo. Yeah, I, I just had one other thing to say about uh, Bebop real quick. Oh, go ahead. The only part of Bebop that I really have on a pedestal is Tank. Yeah, it's kind of hard to beat Tank. It's everything I love about jazz music. Yeah, and I mean, Real Foot Blues isn't a, isn't a, you know, it's no slouch either. Yeah. Yeah. But go watch Shampoo. Also, Shampoo's yeah. title is very. It it says it says it in the title what it's kind of trying to be. Shampoo is it's it's a name for like a stir fry, but it can also mean a mix a mishmash of things. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's definitely that though. It is. It's just kind of doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's having fun. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, but anyway, so. Okay, KO, I guess. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to get deep into KO Season 2, which I believe you... you 
You mentioned it in a conversation earlier this week, but it's definitely a sentiment I had long before you mentioned it. Season two is Enid's season. It's Enid's season. Yeah. She has the most development in this season. Yeah. It it really focuses heavy on her. Because I feel like they realized they they had they liked her character more. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what? We'll get into it when we get into the show. We'll get into it. Uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. So stick around. I'll show it back on. Hey everybody, welcome back, and we're going to get into some OKKO now. OKKO. So like, okay, like we were saying before, I cut myself off because yeah, we had to break. Yeah, Um, this is Enid's season. It really is. Uh, Like, there's an entire mini story arc that's focused on her, and there's also like more than one episode about her that's not, that has nothing to do with that. It's really about her growth, not her growth, but like her development as a it flushes her out more than just the cool kind of sarcastic girl. I really think that her growth isn't so much growth as it is. It's like, um, how do I put this? At the start of the season, it's established. She's like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of point because of her whole thing with Elodie. And then we get the arc with point which is sort of like the follow-through of this whole season is the that's the point subplot yeah which in which leads to the finale and that whole mini arc within the series within the season is about her going to point and finally getting to do the things she wanted but then realizing that she doesn't really belong there and she just wants to go on her own which also is kind of like tied to there was another episode where her and rad that the when rad and her go on that delivery road trip yeah she says delivery yeah yeah she says a line where she's like she i only make fun of you because i don't have myself fake no you you cut off there i I only make fun of you because i don't have myself put together or myself figured out yeah and that's sort of i think what her character arc is about in this season is yeah her discovering that she doesn't have to follow anybody else's path but her own her own yeah her own yeah. Uh, sorry, I I fucking I took the mic on that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it's good. Um, yeah, it it exactly what you said. Uh, I think in a perfect world where the show didn't get canceled, season three probably would have been rad. Yeah, even yeah. though season with the way season three actually played out, it was more KO. Yeah, because it was the finale and he's the main character. So. Yeah, um, season one had a couple episodes that sort of deepened uh, Rad, and season three did have a couple episodes that deepened Rad as well. But I feel like in a world where they didn't get canceled, we would have gotten the Enid season, then the Rad season. Yeah, and then the KO season. 
yeah, the finale, and we would have gotten sort of the culmination of everything that had come before. And I th- and as long as we're talking about a perfect world, I think we would have gotten uh, OKKO okay, Shippuden too. Yeah, I mean, they did make a reference to fucking a time skip at the beginning of this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I don't want to get into the epilogue too much of season three, but we do see Shippuden basically old older character designs. Yeah, I I I, I figured. Uh, which I don't know if they always intended to use that in the epilogue or if maybe they wanted to actually do like older, yeah, ship it in at some point. But whatever it was, perfect world, we would have got it. Perfect world, this would have been more popular, it wouldn't have gotten overlooked. (sighs) Yeah, do do you want to? Because the follow through of the point subplot is kind of the main plot of this whole season. If you want to go more into that real quick, and we can kind of because there's other subplots that are in the season, but that's sort of the main follow yeah. through. Uh, let me just two point two things I want to point out. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, just want to say I think Health Week's my favorite episode. Really? Yeah, it's weird. The first time I watched it when it first aired, I didn't really like it. But when I was doing it again, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, good advice. Yeah, it is good advice. And I, I, I don't know. I appreciated it more the second time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, did you pick up whose voice in uh, Chip Damage? No. Who? Kurt Angle. Oh. Neat. Yeah. Know that. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's do point prep. Yeah, point prep, which which, which is a perfect symbol because ship damage is there, and he's a fucking he's a robot apparently. He's a robot, the perfect hero. Yep. Uh, do you understand why I was always very uh, non-committal when you talked about feeling personally attacked by Foxglove, Foxtail, Foxtail? Yeah. Because she turns out to be kind of a bad guy, but then kind of has a redemption at the end she, of this season. Yeah, kind of a redemption. Kind of. It, it, it's just she. I'm sure they would have done more with her if the show had gone on longer. Yeah, if they if the show had gone on long, they would have. Sure, they would have actually had an actual thing. Yeah, definitely. But uh, alas, it, it was just very hard when they first introduced her. When I watched the series, I was like, I like that character. And then all the season two stuff, just like, she never got off my bad side. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Yeah. Like, for real. Um, I honestly did not expect that plot twist, though. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching, it was a surprise. It... Mm, when did you realize that she was the one behind it? Yeah. When she actually revealed it, I did had no clue. Oh wow, okay. Uh I I think mine was uh Mega Football. Yeah, that was yeah, it was like mm, I mean, I I I just thought Chip because I think well, not knowing Chip as a robot like it's I I th- like I thought just Chip was acting on his own and I didn't had had no clue that it had anything to do with Foxtel. 
what was really surprised the the robot thing was a big surprise to me too but the part that was the the part that caught me off guard that it wasn't all three of them mm, it wasn't yeah it wasn't gray. the fact that gray gray matter gray matter dr gray matter Doctor, yeah. The fact that Dr. Gray Matter wasn't in on it was the part that surprised me the most. Yeah. But the way Foxtail was acting during uh, Mega Football and a lot of the... and During the uh, Elodie and uh, uh, Enid on the ropes, mm-hmm. that, that sort of cemented in my head she's probably... That... that it, it it planted bad seeds in my head for her because mm. she was kind of an asshole there. Mm-hmm. And then they were getting at there's a conspiracy. And so I was thinking, OK, the whole staff's going to be in on it. You know, it was just her. Yeah, it was just her and the robot. Yeah. And fucking what's her name? The, the charisma teacher, the weather lady. She has nothing to do with it either. Yeah, nothing doing. By the way, another cute design. Yeah, very cute design. It uh, it's hard to go wrong with Cloud people. Yeah, there's a this series is one of its best strengths is the fact that it's just full of amazing character designs. Nothing's off the table. Mm-hmm. Really. It does whatever it wants. Yep. Aliens, robots, dinosaurs, you got it. And as we'll see in season three, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Oh, there was a really good clip I saw. It was like a test footage, like pencil tests uh-huh. uh, that Ian Jones quarterly and the, not him, but one of the other like chief animators on the show. Mm-hmm. The two of them put together. Uh, and it just showed all like the crossover possibilities that they could oh, yeah. do with the show. Yeah, it was just everyone. Just everyone. All so- the warriors. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking Sailor of all Moon the warriors. And, yeah. Speaking of all the warriors, just, can we just can make a sidebar to the crossover universe episode real quick? That was a pretty good episode. I uh, liked that more than I thought I would. Yeah, I... I- I liked it more the first time than the second time, mm-hmm. but it was still real good. I mainly loved how cute Garnet and Ko worked. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know, one thing I'm kind of annoyed. I I kind of wish had been in it. Mm-hmm. Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> well, he was there. He, he was. He, yeah, he's in the fucking. He does the punch. He's part of the punch. That's right. He says good morning and everything. I I forgot. It's been like t- I literally watched all of season two like two days after we recorded the last episode. Yeah, no, he says it. Oh, yeah. Fucking Schnitzel from Chowder was there. Fucking yeah. Alora from uh, Symbionic Titan was there. I'm gonna go back and rewatch that episode. Everyone I, was there. I, I think I might have been looking away during part of it and missed it. All the warriors. All the warriors. All the warriors. Anyway, All the, the uh, warriors. To the the point. Back to the 
point. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and then, and also Sorry. Elodie. Finally, the, we get to all the stuff. Elodie is it, part of Enid's growth, but Elodie as a character herself has a huge amount of growth in this season yes. too. Yes. 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 It's very good. They finally reconcile with each other. Um, She's real high up on my favorite characters list. A pish posh. <laughs> She's she kind of like, yeah. Go sorry, ahead. go on, go on. I was just gonna say she kind of reminds me of Cats and Amelia from Treasure Planet, but anyway. Yeah, I do get that a little. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your train of thought. Uh, I was gonna say she's like probably not top five, probably top ten. Mm-hmm. I like the 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 thing she's going. For. Like the what her theme is. Yeah. She's, she's a magical girl. Yeah. She's a magical girl. Okay, we talked about okay. Ian Jones quarterly showed his Naruto hand in the first season. He showed his Naruto hand so hard in this season, it's not even yeah. funny. Yeah, he really did. I was I learned the art of Genjutsu. <laughs> she took a mime class by accident. <laughs> I love that little scene when she was going towards the mime class and there was that Kakashi-looking guy and she thought he was really cute and blush. Yeah, yeah. Like, big bi energy! Yeah. Such big bi energy. I love Enid. Enid's good. Enid's my favorite character still. For sure. Yeah, no. Um, I think she's my favorite character, too. No. Carol. Carol. Yeah. Then Gar, then Enid. You know, I relate with Gar. <laughs> I, you know, I see it. <laughs> Speak, speaking of Gar, I did notice that Gar sort of had a, a subplot throughout this whole season. Yeah, he had no. growth this season. He had a, it was like, it starts with his sort of budding relationship with Carol. Yeah. And their romance. But it also, there's several episodes that kind of, it's like, a, there's like several episodes that are kind of about it. And it also kind of comes to a head. In the Punching Judy episode, yeah, where it's like Gar uh, has doesn't have like even though he puts on this front, he secretly doesn't have any confidence in himself since he left Point. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any confidence in himself when he was at Point. Yeah, for real. I don't think he ever had confidence in himself, and that's relatable. Yeah. Like he's he's never one like it, it he's never once had that confidence in himself, but he keeps putting on this like you know he's he's got to be Mister Gar he's got to be that guy yeah he's, he's also just it's not just lack of confidence it's like lack of interpersonal skills yeah the guy has he can't do can't do it <laughs> yeah and speaking from experience the best way to get around that is to just act gruff. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of also tied to the Carol episode, which he mentions that like I've just been doing these big gestures because I didn't how know any other way to express myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't do small. Yeah. He's he's exaggerated himself so much that he's like become a caricature. Yeah. And he has nice? to he has to figure out how to be genuine. 
Yeah, and Carol is the one that kind of opens him up. Yeah. And that whole subplot also kind of comes to a head at the end when he Carol finally reveals that she was working for Point this whole time. Yep. And Mr. Garg is really dejected about the whole thing and leaves. And I'm glad that that, that, that whole, like, them being angry at each other didn't bleed over into the third season. I'm glad it got resolved at the end. Very much so, yes. They were like, we're adults. We can talk about this. Yeah. It, 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 it It's really... <sighs> More than just it being adults, we can talk about this. It didn't waste our time with it. Mm-hmm. Because they both sort of redeemed themselves in each other's eyes. Yeah. Through actions. Yeah. And they both love each other. Yeah. Is this also kind of tied to Gar's development, but like. We get more stuff with Gar and KO. Yeah. Well, because like, he's Yeah. He has to be a father figure now that he's dating his mother. Yeah, and like Mr. Gar was kind of already KO's like hero, but now he has to be like he actually has to take an active role in being his he, like, he's, you know? He was more than his hero. He was his real world role model. Yes, exactly. Chip Damage was his hero. Yeah, for real. Gar was the person he had like actively in his life that he could look up to other than his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And now Gar has to take a more active role in that whole thing. Now that he's dating his mom, he has to not just take a more active role in that, but he has to try to take a responsible active role in it. He has to attempt to be fatherly, despite his lack of social skills. <laughs> yes. It, 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 K.O.'s not just a bodegaman anymore. He's, He's a stepson, technically. They're not, they're not married, married, but married, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah He's he in a committed a... relationship that he has no intention of ending. Yeah. Uh, With K.O.'s mom, Carol. Yeah. And, um, what what was I going to say? I lost it. It's related. Father figure. Shit. I mean, it's sort of like this joke that KO is constantly looking for a father figure. Yeah. Remember that episode with in the first season with Dendi? It was like, this looks like a tie in a suitcase. This looks like a daddy. This looks like a daddy. These are all look like daddies. Mm hmm. Just like, K.O., you have problems. Mm-hmm. You have issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you... Season three answers these things. Yeah, I figured. Real I have... early on. I have, I have my theories. Almost all of season three is dealing with that. Good. When when we're dealing with KO focused stuff, it's dealing with that. I mean, I have a theory. Let's hear your theory. I think that Venomous is Laser Blast, and that Laser Blast is KO's dad. So hence Venomous is his dad. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. 
Do you want confirmation or denial? I want to. I want to feel vindicated in the moment. Okay. I will if say nothing. I do, if I do feel vindicated, <laughs> I will say nothing more. Okay, cool. But anyway, if we end this now, you can get that vindication real quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this much: it's all answered in the first episode of season three. Wow. All right. I think. Uh, yeah. I think. The, uh, the other subplot that's throughout the season is, of course, Venomous and Boxman's romance. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. weird romance. It's never implicitly said, but yeah. It's heavily implied, especially with that episode where they're trying to get Fink and Daryl not to fight. Yeah. They're treating it that way without saying it. Yeah, they won't. They don't want to say it at all, but we know. Yeah. But you excite me, box man. <laughs> just like, all right, just say it, I guess. Just, you think we did the right thing, Boxy? Oh, I don't know. I was just thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and they're just like having this like, like, this is cute. Yeah. I love this. The thing. Okay. So in season three, Venomous does some pretty heinous shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up until this point, okay. I know I can't talk firsthand, but I know people generally don't like it when they choose to use villains as LGBTQ rep. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but I think in defense of OKKO, we never really see Boxman do anything heinous. Yeah, he, also, he's a petty this, villain. Also, the show is mostly lighthearted. It's a comedy, mostly, mostly. But I, I just think, I think the level of villainy committed mm-hmm. is sort of should be the judge of whether it's making. Mm-hmm. LGBTQ people look bad or not because Boxman's just petty. Yeah, Boxman Who isn't petty. petty. I'm petty. Yeah, Boxman is beyond petty. <laughs> Boxman is maximum petty. Yeah, you you couldn't enjoy Seinfeld if you didn't like watching petty people. And people love watching Seinfeld. And people love watching petty people. I understand the sentiment though. Yeah, it's a um, definitely it's a it's a very real. It's a sentiment. real issue. It's like, a real I issue. In a real in a, in a good sentiment. I feel yeah. and it's it's worth mentioning. Yes. Sure. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to belittle that sentiment. Mm-hmm. I just don't again, I'm not LGBTQ. I can't I'm I shouldn't be taking I just don't see Boxman yeah. as an actual problem. While I am while I am not straight, <laughs> uh I I can't speak for the entire community, so you know yeah, I'm, I'm not going to again. I'm not going to be a little about statement either because it's a valid thing to say. Yeah, you know, because it, it is, is a, yeah. it is a consistent thing that a lot of these vil- uh, sev- there's been a lot of villains that have been LGBT that, coded, you know, and that's why I was really trying not to comment too much on the coding because I knew that was a sentiment people had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you don't get. There really aren't a lot of examples of uh, 
male loving men love male loving male and relationships animation. Yes. and animation or really just a lot of things in general a lot of things in general it's very scarce um other than bad representation yep for the most part yeah yeah um so i i I don't want to deny the people who see uh, Venomous and uh, Boxman together together and enjoy it because, hey, it's something. Mm-hmm. But also I mean, that also sentiment. Cle- it's, also cle- it's also clearly intentional. Yeah, it, it is. Like, like, I think there's also something for saying that Sexuality doesn't necessarily correlate exactly with morality per se. Like yeah, obviously. different, yeah, like different people could be like sometimes bad people can be gay. Yeah, <laughs> is that I, all you're trying to say? Yeah, like no one's perfect is the no, thing. No, I you get, know, no, I get that, and I understand, and it's it's like yes, I would. It's just the fact that we live in this world where we don't get a lot of representation. And exactly. Represent- we, it's, need- it's just, we need more of it so that we can have villains that can be gay without yes. it being this like weird, without it having this connotation that only we, we only get the villains. Exactly. That, yes, that that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get you. I, I understand, like, yeah, exactly what you said. Both, both sentiments. Are worth taught worth both sentiments are worthy and but neither and neither one is wrong yeah neither it's, yeah it's it's nice that these two men loving men are in this show but also they're villains and it's kind of bum it kind of it sucks that you know we get a lot of those but at the same time it's like both of these two these two opinions can coexist at the same time yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah It'd also be nice if it was just a little more implicit because I still feel like they leave ju- even throughout season three and they, they sort of, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into it without spoilers, but there's a couple things where like similar jokes where it's sort mm-hmm. of like they're yeah. a married couple. Yeah. But you still never really see them. Like, they never yeah. really like kiss or show affection to each other. They're just sort of around each other. Yeah, and they, I mean, it, they have like conversations that a married couple would have, but look how long it took us to get a like a lesbian kiss in animation, though. You know. Yeah, but okay. Season th- spoiler season three, we actually see Enid and Red Action kiss. Oh. It's a very casual little peck, but it's still Cute. you see it yeah. in the same season that. We could have seen something like that with Boxman and and that's, and that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about is that like there's this stigma towards men love way more stigma toward men loving men in the general mm. eye. Okay, and that I think that was them like they wanted to have it, but they didn't want to get the hammer. You know, I feel you. Yeah, and it's it's sort of like it's like how Rebecca Sugar slowly wormed her way toward the lesbian wedding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you gotta take baby steps. Yeah. If you don't, like, it's like, I, I know you want the thing right now, but you gotta, you gotta get in there first. Really just inch your way forward and then spring the gay on them. Yeah. When they least say, expect it. 
I will say this though. At least they give us one other example of uh, male loving men. Oh yeah, our our the army man and uh, the, the monk Jeff. Yes, yeah. Jeff Army and uh, I forget the monk's name. I thought the monk's name was Jeff. What I thought the the, the guy was. Uh, I can't remember, Nick man. Army? Nick Army and Jeff. Nick Army and Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I can look. I can see Nick Army and. Joff. Joff. Joff the Shaolin monk. Yeah. Yeah. They're the other example of, you know, they're Nick Army's not perfect, but they're still heroes. They're gate coded for sure. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty implicit. It's pretty implicit. Also, like, there's a lot of bi energy. Yeah. In this whole show, specifically from Rad and Enid. Yeah. Remember that episode with the runway where Rad kept insisting that fucking or uh, what's his name the uh, what's his fucking the sports Raymond that Raymond was hot yeah it's like he's the hot he's not the hottest it's like I never said he was he's like yeah <laughs> I mean yeah me neither right <laughs> like it's so blatant you know yeah we never they never really get that far in. Whenever Radicles has like a romantic moment, which aren't often, but mm-hmm. it's usually with a female character. Yeah, we sh- we sh- we could have. I mean, again, it's one of those things where if this show had gone on longer, I felt like we could have gotten it. I maybe okay. I didn't read the runway episode as Radicles being attracted to uh, Raymond. I did. <laughs> yeah. I read it more as uh, an extension of his existing rivalry with Raymond and be like, no, I'm hotter. Yeah, but that's also like you you're that's bleeding into the whole like gay rival thing that shows up in a lot of stuff where it's like the rival love esque thing that shows up in a lot of shonen stuff. You know, see, I never read that as gay either. Well, here's the thing: when I, when you're in a fucking, uh, I'm also not gay. I'm also yeah. not attracted to men, so I I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like my my brain isn't there unless I see like I'm, mm-hmm. I I never read rivalry as that because I can't imagine. Well, it's, it's not it's not the so much that is that because shonen is a series that. So heavily focuses on male relationships. Yeah. And that the only strong, most of the strong, well-written relationships between characters involves two men. A lot of the time, that's just how it ends up. Mm. Okay. But, like, if, you know, if, like, why do people ship gay so much with their shown as stuff? Maybe because none of the female characters have any interesting relationships or dynamics with the male character. Hmm. That makes sense. It's almost as if you put a lot of focus on writing your male characters or something. That's kind of why that happens. Yeah. Same thing happens with JoJo. You know? Yeah. A lot of the romance. Also, JoJo is very. C- certain parts of JoJo are very gay. It, yeah. The posing, <laughs> particularly. Yeah, very like. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. Okay, KO. Okay, KO. Yeah. That so, was a long okay. tangent. That was a long tangent, but it was worth talking about. I ain't saying Brad ain't by. Mm-hmm. 
but my brain doesn't like my brain doesn't work that my, my, my brain doesn't really look for it i know i understand which is shitty i guess but mm-hmm. uh you know it's fine you you, yeah. you acknowledge it yeah uh that's so, why i'm here yep <laughs> i'm here to see all the gay you're attracted to more than just men and women you've got other stuff too yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm in anyway moving on um monster fucker yeah we you want me to cut this... that you want me to cut that yeah please cut that that's a bit strong okay it's a bit strong I don't okay. mind like out out outside of the like podcast. I don't call. I don't mind you calling me that. Like I don't oh, care. Okay. But within the context, of, like it's a little strong. All right. Hey, cut that laser. Cut that. Cut cut. You saying monster fucker? Cut it. Cut it. Anyway, that's a note for me. End. Okay. So um, the finale. Uh, Who the finale? Finale. Good. <laughs> yeah. KO didn't get a lot of focus in this, but the episode nah. early on with him and TKO was very strong, and it sort of came to a head in that and this finale. Yeah, they they always managed to get a little bit of TKO stuff in, which is just enough to keep his plot moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh but like like we said, this is Enid's season. It really is. This is Enid, and kind of. Oh, fuck. I just had her name. Elodie? Elodie. It's kind of their yeah. season. Also, Carol and Gar. Yeah. It's kind of them. It's about them. It's about supporting cast other than Radicles. <laughs> yeah, poor Rad. He got a bit in season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I felt like, you know, they would have given him more yeah. later. But the Alien know. Sickness episode gave us something. They didn't give him enough by any... Memes. Oh yeah, no. Uh, but I did really like they were. I did like that whole bit how Fox Tail was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, with everybody being like all sad about it. And then Ko was the one that kind of was like that broke her down. Yeah. Finally, and she was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> she a kid have to cry. <laughs> She is the perfect embodiment of um, strong lesbian aunt. Yeah, butch aunt. Yeah, big butch energy. Yeah, you kind of reminds me of Jasper. A little bit. Um, it's just like not as much of an asshole. Well, I say that. <laughs> She lets she, it go. She lets it go. Unlike yeah, she she's yeah yeah basically yeah. She's a big buff lady. She's orange. It you know yeah yeah. Anyway, still um, haven't started. Still still not caught up with Steven Universe. Season three, man. Same on them. Season, season three. three. Season three. Jeez, well, anyway, you've you've been also. I've kind of been distracted by doing this podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Like I don't, you know, but I've I was also really busy the past couple of weeks doing other things. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Uh. I did love Elodie's. Like, you know what they say? It was like you said, sacrifices have to be made and all that. 
<laughs> just this most smug like yeah 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 that's right i did it i i really like ellie's character i like how she plays was it What hmm? was the rebuild chip damage episode this season no i guess that's spoiler for season three are you sure yeah i'm no, I. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, I know. I was looking through clips on YouTube, and that's what I saw. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Not okay. bad. It's fine. But Oh, uh-huh. also, the thing I was thinking about in Season 3, you won't get Vindication until Episode 11. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll feel vindicated, if at all, when that happens. Yeah. You will not get vindication, confirmation, well, I'll find or denial. Out. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna come smashing into this fucking Discord and be like, "I called it." If How do I, you if... think I feel when I called it in season one? Hmm. Oh, did you call this in season one? Literally, the first time we saw. Uh, I, I won't say what I called, mm-hmm. but there was one character you met that we saw. And I was like, oh, that that's that. Got it. And the rest of the series, I just knew it. Like, got it. I was calling things like, yeah, it's just. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that's not a complaint, by the way. I like it when that happens. Oh, no, no, it's, it's that's good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's a. I don't want to get into that tangent. Yeah. Um, but I did really love all the 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 cyberpunk outfits that they all had. Those those end. were fun. Those were very fun. Like they were so unnecessary. But how else do you show that you're rebelling against a dystopian authoritarian society, man? Yeah, you gotta. Then with you, cyberpunk outfits, it has to dress more like a Naruto character. <laughs> she looks so much like a goddamn Naruto character. Yeah, yeah, she really does. Fishnets and the fucking the high collar shit. Yeah. God, it's so the man is so blatant with his oh. Naruto shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's deep in there. So blatant. I love that man. Genuinely. Yeah, he's great. I hope he does more stuff. I really hope so too. Yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say about like the plot. Uh, other than uh, no. You we we haven't really talked about the plot. Oh yeah, the yeah you're right. It's it just feels like we, we yeah. We we've talked about beats, but we not know. okay. 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 I'll do it real fast. Go for it. The important parts to talk about are Enid gets into point prep. Uh, 
she she impresses Chip Damage, who is like the leader of Point, and uh, he's like, you should go to Point Prep, and she's like, okay. So she goes, she gets in, she realizes there's a conspiracy going on. Turns out Chip Damage is an evil robot controlled by uh, uh, Professor Foxtail, uh, and they're like choosing heroes to give extra power to because only the right they 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 want to be more selective with who are big heroes uh and enid leaves and then point prep comes and takes over the bodega because they want the glorb tree underneath uh so they can mass produce glorb power to fight villains yep and then uh KO and Enid and Rad lead a cyberpunk rebellion against this new dystopian society. Yep. And, uh, you know, the the bodega, not the bodega, the uh, Liquid Plaza Turbo, the strip mall, turns into a giant robot. robot. Giant robot, which is great. Yep, it's great. Giant robot. And, uh, you know, they fight. Uh, Point's big ship, and Point has a depowering ray that can take away people's powers. Which has that... They had an orb inside of it that was similar to the bomb that took away Graves' powers. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, it, it directly ties back to that plot, and we'll get into that plot further Season 3. I'm sure. Uh, let's see. What else is there? Oh, yeah. Uh, KO saves the day. Everyone saves the day. Yeah. Elodie saves the day, really. Yeah, Elodie really does, yeah. And then uh, she becomes the, the new she's leader. She's the new of leader of Point. Which Not is just Point wild. Prep. Which is point. wild. Yeah. Well, she was the top student. She was probably know, close to graduation I, anyway. I know, but she's like, what, 18? <laughs> Her and Enid high are school like. Age. Yeah, eight, they're, eight, they're eight, high eight, school age. They're, yeah, they're both like both late teens. Like her and Enid are like 17, 18, something like that. I believe okay. Since KO is ages is age six to six to eleven. Ah, uh, yeah, they're sixteen to fifteen I, to I think they're fourteen to eighteen. Or fourteen to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Six to eleven years old, that's how old I am. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Haven't really run into twelve to thirteen year olds yet, but you know. Um Yeah, maybe not. Anyway. Yeah. Uh no one likes middle schoolers. Middle schoolers don't like middle schoolers. (laughs) God. (laughs) Rough. (laughs) Can you blame uh Anyway, so yeah, that that's basically the plot. There's a lot of, you know, character development and filler in there. Which we've talked we talked about most of it. Yeah. Guard trains punching Judy, who I like. I like punching Judy. She's fun. That was a good episode. Yeah. Uh are there any episodes in this season that just like really pop out to you? I know one for me. Ghoul school? No, well, that too. God, I love that Ghoul School episode so much because, like, that episode was like, okay, this guy is clearly 
te- me and we're all on the same wavelength clearly yeah no uh he yeah he's he's an animation fan he he's like a few i think he's like in his early 30s yeah also, he's not that uh, much older than us also so. rip Rushi taylor who got to be phantasma again yep for this which is great I can't believe they got that shot and of them having the edit in their faces. <laughs> Just, I think every single one of them is the original voice actress, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's so wild. Yeah. So wild. Fantastic. <laughs> I'd say. They even, they even re- re- referenced Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah. I think AU Alternate Universe. Oh, yeah. I liked Enid's robot design a lot. I liked the robot's human forms. I thought they were fun. Yeah, they were, honestly. Uh, I am Jethro. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, a Jethro has too many Glorbs installed and gains sing- sapience. I've got a question. What's up? Since this show got canceled, I guess that plot point never got to be resolved. I think they touch on it towards the end of season three. Oh, okay, cool. Like, he has a moment in the finale, I think. That's good enough. But yeah, basically, uh, a Jethro, during manufacturing, gets too many Glorbs installed, uh, gains sapience, and introduces communism to uh, the Jethros. (laughs) They have to seize the means of production. Yeah. (laughs) He introduces socialism (laughs) slash communism to the robots. Or Are they very, forming a union? At the very least, he introduces the concept of a union. Yeah, of a union. <laughs> the evil, evil unions. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, most of my family members are union members. Oh, God. Unions are good, people. Don't yeah, let Walmart are. tell you otherwise. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, Project Rayway, we talked about... Um, God, there was one wacky Jacksons. I was gonna say wacky Jacksons. I I didn't. That, I episode, love that episode. It was it hit a little too. It hit a little too close to home. That's why I liked it. Yeah, I, I hit a little too close to home in a bad way for me. I love the like fucking the 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 Yugi guy had his jacket said Kokoro on it. <laughs> yare yare. <laughs> <laughs> also fun fact fucking uh the 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 pegasus equivalent the guy who made wacky jacksies was voiced by one pro zd oh yeah nice nice yeah sung sung won chu sung won cho i think is his name i think so yeah yeah pro sung also known as pro zd pro zd on yeah. the internet uh famous from vines and vines, then he's, he's also done a lot of he's been he's been around in terms of voice work lately yeah there's been a he's, couple of video games he's uh he's crossed over yeah he's also really funny yeah he is it's my ass kicking outfit bitch <laughs> uh psychic st- scouts i i didn't like it that much but i thought it was good world building it was also good for ko as a character yeah it was good for his growth but yeah I also love Boxman Crashes. Boxman Crashes was good. And the episode with Daryl and Fink. Like that those two yeah. episodes. Yeah. Uh Miss No, uh, what was it? Uh no, 
what is it called? Not Silence. All on all on the villainy. All on the villainy. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I like Fink a lot. <laughs> Fink's fun. Fink is a lot of fun. She's just evil. It's like it's I can't. I love that I can't. It's like it's like. It's one of those things where, like, I I can hear Kari, but it's like I love that I love that voice, and it, and she's evil. It's good. It's like if Kari became the Digimon Emperor. Yeah. Also, I love. The but also theme. A, a gaming gremlin. I also love the theme of her and Venomous. I like yeah. The theming. It's like Venomous is the evil geneticist, mad scientist, and she's a literal lab rat. Yeah. I'm like that's that's strong. Yeah. It's good. That that bit where within the the DZ, DZ episode where they just showed up out of nowhere with the car and Venomous did his like fucking JoJo pose with the legs. <laughs> Venomous and Fink. Ding. <laughs> Please tell me the car is okay. <laughs> oh God. I love Venomous. Then this is great. Uh, he he's a fantastic, fun character. Fink's great. The, the, the villain, like with most Saturday morning cartoons, which this isn't, but it easily fits in with them because it's vamping get, on them. It's got the vibes. Yeah, it had. They're, they're great Saturday morning cartoon villains. Uh huh. Yeah, they are. They're a lot of fun. Red Action to the Future was good. Yeah. We already wait. Didn't you say you didn't want to say that the the not the attacking thing anymore for your mom? Cause one of those episodes. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that eventually. Okay. Well, then I'll just I'll she, just. She say, has not shown any more interest. So. Well, I'll just say that the older buff red action picking up Enid and her blushing is a big mood. Yeah, that's a big mood. Big mood. I wish a buff lady would hold me in her big strong arms. I, horniness aside, I think it's an important lesson about um, talking to people. Talking, but also how easy it is to drift away from people and how you actually have to like make an effort to maintain relationships. Yeah, communication. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't make the double dip laser chips anymore. They make triple dip laser chips. <laughs> Good. I also um, really like the reference. Like we mentioned earlier, but like I love the first episode. It's just like we went through a time skip. A time <laughs> skip. You know, heroes do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the man could like again. He could not show his Naruto hand hard. No. Couldn't. Um, I did like the beach episode. <laughs> beach episode was good. Just uh, the, the, the oh, looks like they rested out from the salt water. Sorry, Ko. I guess that wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I really liked the uh, health week. Like I said at the beginning, I yeah, yeah. It's the only reason I really liked it is because I like it when you see. Okay. One of my favorite tropes in cartoons is when there's enemy grunts that you have become fond of. Yeah. And then you get to see them and the main characters interact in not fighting. Yes. 
like with Team Rocket. Yeah. And so when the robots and the bodegamen go on a hike, mm. I'm all about it. Yeah. Also, Venomous and Fink's intro was just straight up a Team Rocket thing because they did like a whole yep. Team Rocket esque intro. Yep. I was thinking about it. God. Yeah, it, it's a it's such a well put together show that okay mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how well the show works without knowledge of the stuff it's vamping on yeah that's a f- fair point I don't I don't which know I think probably has something to do with why it ended when it ended. Hmm. Was banking too much on its references? Yeah, it it's It's a gift and a curse. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, even though we're only four episodes in. Yeah, it's, but the chances are you probably haven't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it with you. I hate referential humor. Um, because it, humor should work on its own. Mm. It humor. Okay. In most performance stuff, but specifically comedy, the golden rule is you have to know your audience. Referential human requires your audience to know you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't like it because it's it it can be unapproachable. I think there's a counterpoint to be said that outside of comedy, the whole what KO is trying to do as a reference or as an homage stands on its own. Absolutely. The, okay. Uh, I was talking in the most general broad terms. There, oh yeah, no, general broad, yeah, no. Before yeah. getting down specifically to KO. Mhm. I think there's a lot of what KO does that works great on its own. I don't think you need to know that Crinkly Wrinkly looks like Sonic the Hedgehog to think Crinkly Wrinkly's funny. Nope. I thought, I, don't, it was to, I thought it was meant to reference like old cartoons. Well, that's what Sonic was. True. Um, also, you don't need to know that the sidekick scout kid was Astro Boy. Exactly. You don't need to know that uh, Jim Cummings voiced so many like great villains. cartoon villains from the 80s and 90s to get why Boxman's funny. One of them being Dr. Robotnik, which Boxman is clearly trying to reference. Exactly. But on the other hand, a lot. I just feel like a lot of its appeal, a lot of its charm comes from having grown up with a lot of the stuff it's vamping on. Mm-hmm. And so while it probably got a lot of critical success and probably has a lot of success on the internet, I don't think kids who didn't grow up with this stuff or were watching it as much. Yeah, but like... Which, as we know... Cartoon Network really only cares if the if the intended target audience is watching. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. But did, did 
I think that's... And that's not a comment on the quality of the show. No, no, no. It's just the marketability. I think that that's true and also not true at the same time. Okay. There are some of these references that are clearly way too old to be for children. But stuff like Wacky Jaxies is definitely within... Like, that's a... Oh, yeah. Like, there... Like it's it's a there are a lot of these references that are definitely within or have like uh what's the word no um, no no don't get me wrong parallels between yeah. even modern for modern kids we call wacky Jaxies Yu-Gi-Oh but there's probably some kid some thirteen year old calling it uh, Bakugan ba- ba- Bakugan yes yeah or po- or Pokemon whatever yeah to a lesser extent Pokemon yeah I mean Pokemon but- is still Pokemon it's still always going to be around and popular yeah. I, I yeah, um, or Beyblade or whatever, whatever the fuck. Beyblade's you know, back, yeah. But pick your poison, you know. Yeah, but I think there are more jokes in there that specifically call back to stuff we grew up with, or stuff I and Jones Quarterly grew up with mm-hmm. that might that haven't been on the air long enough, and to. Recent haven't been on air recently enough for a lot of kids to know. Yeah, and it's and that's not the fault. And then the the fact that and then that's the thing is that like that works obviously because Animaniacs exists. Well, yeah, but Animaniacs was no, no, but I mean, like, no, no, I get what you're saying. I'm just like, it's just that Cartoon Network doesn't seem to believe that it is worth it. But the thing with cartoon with Animaniacs is a a lot of the things that it was trying to be were still airing yeah like abbott and costello <laughs> like and listen, all the looney tunes it was making it's it's making it animaniacs made so many references that its target audience would never get well yeah oh well okay to be fair it also wasn't a cable show. It was run by Steven Spielberg. Well, yeah, that's it's a totally different beast. But I'm just saying, you know, it's these things can yeah. be successful. It's just that Cartoon Network doesn't care. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's a, that was the point. That's Cartoon- the point I was trying. I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm just, you know, I I know. The, okay, the major difference. Okay, I I tend to compare Steven Universe and OKKO a lot. Mm-hmm. They're, they're contemporaries Iron Jones Quarterly worked on Steven Universe he's been in a relationship with Rebecca Sugar for quite a while also Steven um, Universe wears its references on its sleeve yes but more than that it, it's I think a lot of Steven Universe's success is even though it's not hitting what Cartoon Network would consider its target audience necessarily, or it's hitting far outside and beyond its target audience. Mm-hmm. It still maintains a high level of marketability. Yeah. Toys. There, there's word of mouth. There's toys. There's all sorts of stuff. This is why Symbionic Titan was canceled. And uh, Thundercats and Young Even- Justice. And even though a to- a show about a giant robot should be the most marketable thing ever, 
but but, yeah, but back I'm, to back to yeah, my point yeah, that yeah, I'm sorry. trying to make. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm I feel being, I feel the same way. I'm being better. <laughs> yeah. I don't think OKKO maintains that marketability while reaching beyond its target audience or not reaching its target audience while reaching outside its target audience. I I can definitely say that. I think 20 years from now, when a kid is talking about OKKO, they're going to talk about it a bit like people talk about Johnny Bravo. Hmm. Where it wasn't anyone their age's favorite, but kids a little older really liked it. Hmm. I need to go back and watch Johnny Bravo. Yeah, okay. Johnny Bravo wasn't really anything special. Mm-hmm. But I know some other podcasters I listened to who were like maybe eight or nine years older than me, they all really liked Johnny Bravo. And they would tune into Johnny Bravo, but they didn't really tune into, say, Powerpuff Girls or uh, Ed and Eddie. Or courage. Mm-hmm. But because they were, you know, old, slightly older and were kind of bad with women, they found Johnny Bravo funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so I, I, I just, I think, I think. OKKO means more to people our age. Mm -hmm. Or who are slightly or like a couple years older than the target audience. Yes, that I'd say 13 and up would be the perfect audience for this. Not 6 to 11. (laughs) Not 6 to 11. (laughs) Which is that's the whole joke, people, by the way. This show should have been Adult Swim. But it should have remained the same. It shouldn't have been pulling. Yeah, no, for real. I'm I'm not saying it should have tried to be Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I just think it should have been in an older demographic scheduling block. It also would have done better if it wasn't. If if basically for honestly for anywhere but Cartoon Network. Yeah, I think if it was on Netflix. We'd be on season eight right now. Yeah, this would have been this show would have gone on forever. This Netflix. Yeah, if it had been Netflix a, or Hulu, with such as Cartoon Network. Yeah, just yeah, I know. But he was already working at Cartoon Network, and he clearly has a shit ton of love for Cartoon Network because he that references fucking, all this. He pr- that, definitely grew up with Cartoon Network with Toonami. Yeah, I mean, look and, at that crossover episode. Yeah, he loves Cartoon Network. And I don't blame him because I love Cartoon Network. Yeah. But I, it's just not the right... And if I had a project, I'd want it to be on Cartoon Network because that's what I... All my favorite cartoons when I was a kid were on. Yeah. But it's also just not the best place for it because Cartoon Network sucks. As a company, Yes. Yeah, as a company, yeah. 
as a block of animation, it's fantastic. When they're not showing Teen Titans Go. Even then, Teen Titans Go gets a bad rap. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. It has a lot of low lows, but it's still serviceably funny, which is all it's trying to be. I don't have a problem with Teen Titans Go on its own. It the problem I have with it is that it gets played twenty four seven. Yeah, that, over other yeah. shows. Yeah, no, deserve, that that's it also that, deserve to be on. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely valid. Yeah, and true, and needs to be said. I still think it's funny. No, no, I mean, it's, I'm not gonna, you know. Any any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um. No. Yeah, I think we said all we wanted to say. All right. Hey. Um. All right. If you're listening to us, you're probably already either on our SoundCloud, so don't have to worry about that. But I'm trying to get us onto iTunes and Spotify and. Did I say Spotify or SoundCloud? Yeah, you said SoundCloud. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get us onto iTunes and Sound. And sp- trying to get us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all that stuff. Um, just because if I'm going to okay, SoundCloud. Basic only gives you three hours of of storage space. Not gonna work for this podcast. No, because I'll have to delete every every episode. So, at the time of recording, we've only posted one episode. So this will have been sorted before you even listen to this. But we're pulling the veil back a little. Curtain, as it were. Curtain, whatever. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Ah. Yeah. So basically, if I'm going to have, if I have to choose between paying to upgrade SoundCloud or just pay a little bit more to get an RSS feed, might as well just get RSS. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I can get us onto all the major places, get us into places that'll help us expand the brand and get sponsors. Mm hmm. My dream is to one day just be doing this. Yeah, I would love to do this, but, you know, I don't. Do hmm? you know what I do for a living? You uh, work with bodily fluids. I pour piss. Yes. Do you know what my least favorite thing in the world is? Bodily fluids. Bodily fluids and wastes. I have Mm -hmm. the first four days. No, not the first four days. The first week at this job, nearly having anxiety attacks every day. I was nearly, I was close to throwing up. I've grown numb to some degree, and I hate that I've grown numb to this, but I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I would like to do this the rest of my life. Mm. So I'm going to do everything in my ability to make sure that not only I can do this the rest of my life, but that you can too, if you so wish. Mm. I just... 
I don't want to make a pipe dream. Is all I'm saying because pipe dreams all I got right now, bud. Yeah, no, fair. It's fine. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble. I just don't want to make a bubble for myself. Just yet. Okay. Whatever. I'm not gonna force my path on you. No, no, no. It's I, I want to do something creatively in some capacity. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, this anyway. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you can rate us on iTunes or uh, Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Wherever. Uh, Wherever you can rate. If you can rate, we'd really appreciate a five star. I really hope I'm not giving this spiel for nothing and that I haven't gotten us there yet. But hey, we'll see. I appreciate feedback. Yeah. Uh, we got an email. So oh, yeah. if you got questions or uh, suggestions, uh, email us at acmepodcastsinc at gmail.com. What is that? Acmepodcastsinc at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Let me just double check to make sure that's actually right. <laughs> <laughs> We're professionals. Uh, yeah, Acme Podcasts Inc. I just wasn't sure if I had it as podcasts or podcast, but it is Acme Podcasts Inc. at gmail.com. Yep, we're also on Twitter, same thing, Acme Podcasts Inc. Uh, I I haven't really used the Twitter at all yet, but hopefully that'll change. We have one tweet. It's the first episode. First episode's fine. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, We're only four episodes in. We're very much in the infancy of this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Also, I'm just bad at social media. I don't know how to tweet. I don't know how to self-promote. Don't worry. I got you. Cool. Uh, So, yeah. Contact us if you want to contact us. Uh, please leave a review or a rating wherever you can, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Cool. Okay, at Craig Lee. <sighs> Yep, 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 yep. Get the fuck out of here, Craig.